right, hello, True Heel Heat. I'm the AEW World Champion, MJF. Uh, just in case you're deaf, dumb, blind, stupid, or since you listen to this podcast, or uh, you're listening to True Heel Heat, and I apologize for that. I really think that some weeks we're going to have a slow week. I really feel like, you know, one of these weeks in 2024, I'll just come on here and we'll be like, not much to talk about. We're just going to go over what happened on the weekly shows. We're going to preview whatever pay-per-view is coming up. I, I hope for more simple times. Unlike this week, where we're going to talk about the entire situation between Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns, and The Rock, Heading into WrestleMania 40, following the events of the kickoff press conference, we also are also going to be talking about the latest horrific allegations against Mystic Man involving a former WWE talent. We do have a big week of wrestling to go over with AEW announcing big business with the possible debut of Mercedes Monet. TNA fired Scott Demore, their president. Oh, wait, checks notes. Stardom fired Rossi Ogawa. Everybody's getting shakeups around the wrestling world. It is True Hill Heat 263. Hello, hello, hello. It is me. It is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for True Hill Heat. 263 long game pivot discussing the latest wrestling news oh there's josh including the entire situation surrounding the rock roman reigns cody rhodes heading into wrestlemania 40 coming off the press conference this week the latest allegations against vince mcmahon a recap of this week in wrestling including wwe smackdown last night raw nxt vengeance day nxt aew dynamite with a huge show from phoenix rampage collision njpw road to new beginning day six and tna impact plus we will have our final predictions for njpw new beginning in osaka this week miss chrissy love has her weekly day or her monthly day off uh, as far as here on the true hill heat youtube channel because she is the tribal queen so we are joined by the mr clutch the sixth man of the true hill heat flagship podcast he missed last week so he had to come back this week it is the true jaw josh yeah, uh lot to talk about. Um today I'm a little under the weather, but wanted to come on, talk about this week. I think it was all I, I I honestly think it was a good week of wrestling, regardless of some of the bad news that we got. I th- I thought it was overall a great week. So look forward to talking about it. Exciting, exciting week as far as like what we saw, as far as like the weekly shows from this past week, but Definitely a crazy week as far as like the shakeups with, uh, you know, TNA, stardom. The whole WWE situation is a mess between Vince McMahon and the whole Rock, Roman, Cody situation. And and like I, I said this on AE Ramble, and I don't know if you agree with me, but it feels like the first time in two years that there's a lot of drama in the wrestling world and AEW has nothing to do with it. It kind of does. I think after, I mean, because, you know, after Brawl Out, it just kept it, kept it kept piling on of like bad thing after bad thing after bad thing, and then I think more most of the stuff was just like very nitpicky, but now it's just like this week is like wow, uh, then the drama is with uh, AEW that must feel good. And Tony's like yes, yes, 
big victory. Finally, uh, finally. <laughs> we appreciate y'all if you are joining us live. We appreciate y'all if you are watching us on demand. We are here every single Saturday, 11.05 a.m. Eastern time, talking about the complete week of professional wrestling. You will not find another pro wrestling podcast that covers more of the professional wrestling world than the True Hill Heat flagship podcast every single Saturday. So we appreciate y'all if this is your first time watching. If you're a regular, we you know we appreciate you as well. Show that appreciation back the simplest way possible. Drop the thumbs up on this video. Share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. And if you're new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here. And of course, if you're with us live, sound off in the live chat. If you're watching us on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, you can sound off in the live chat. Share your thoughts on this week in wrestling. If you're watching us over on YouTube, you can sound off. We'll try to highlight as many of your comments as possible. But of course, if you're feeling generous, you want to give back to what we do here, you can send a super chat donation. It's the simplest thing. You hit the dollar sign. You can give any dollar amount and we will make sure your comment is highlighted on screen and we will interact with you and whatever you have to say. Let your voice be heard. We already got a super chat donation from Chuck Berries. I love the name. Thank you so much, Chuck Berries. Starting us off strong. <laughs> Chuck Berries, he says, uh, has it been confirmed that Mercedes Monet will be at a the AEW event in March? It has not been confirmed or announced by AEW, but it has been pretty much reported and confirmed <laughs> by multiple different outlets that this the AEW big business on March 13th in the TD Garden in Boston will be the debut of Mercedes Monet, and she is already currently under contract with AEW. Any other thoughts? Has been for a while. Yeah. Since since pretty much Sean Russ had reported it on January 1st. So it's like it's like guys. Uh, as, there was so many people who tried to deny him and he had to do the, the victory lap on Twitter this week. Like damn. Feel bad for y'all for not believing. That was good. Uh, I, 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 it was good that he did. It was good that he did. I was I was happy that he did because you know Regardless of what people feel about SRS, he's really good at his job. And I think it's getting to a point, to be honest with you, I think he's he's better than Dave Melzer. Uh, that's yeah. how good he's gotten. I think he's been good, like, probably better than Dave had asked, like, I want to say four years. So it's like, I mean, he's on he's unmatched right now. And um, he, stood, he stood his ground. I was happy he stood his ground. You know, like, and he never does that. He rarely does that. He rarely stays his ground. And he did it this time because he's like, no, I know what's going on. I'm going to stick to my word. And now everybody who's, uh, you know, who everybody who discredited him, they're, they're, they're getting the work. So it's good. Yeah. Love to see it. Uh, I love seeing someone who works hard. And yeah, you're right. Like over the last couple of years, it's been you go to Sean Rossap for the reporting, you go to Dave Meltzer for star ratings and to be upset or happy or validated or however people feel about Dave Meltzer's star ratings. Uh, we do have another super chat donation from the good brother Steve Caceres. Thank you so much, Steve. We appreciate the love with the super chat donation. Thank you so much. Uh, we also got in the chat the Negro Buck Nick Jackson, one of our members. We got big uh big man dogs who says Rock told everyone that he was a long gamer. Signing off, you're a long gamer. It's a long gamer. Aren't you happy he's a long gamer? You're a Cody fan. You should be happy. I mean, I don't know. 
I mean, I am happy when it comes to that, but I'm like, I, I still don't trust Dwayne. I think he's up to something sneaky. We got Frantic World in the chat joining us. I see Bells in the chat joining us. Thanks so much, guys. Connor Mays joining us once again from yesterday. Uh, joined us for our new beginning in Osaka preview. Thank you so much. We got Fright Bounce Podcast who's saying, are you guys and gals ready for the Super Bowl? What is your favorite Super Bowl food? Mine is nachos. What is yours, Josh? I don't even know. I just watched the game. <laughs> Me too. I I don't make a I don't make a whole <laughs> big deal. I I just have like one friend over after my kids go to sleep and watch the game. That's it. That's it. Uh, nothing special for me. Yeah, you, but yeah, yeah. Like usually when I'm at home, like when I watch the Super Bowl, is either it's either I order from Domino's or I'm out to the bar. I usually get like wings for the for the Super Bowl. That makes sense. Well, we got to thank you all because all of you are special and all of you supporting us across social media are special. So that is why we start off every True Hill Heat flagship podcast with the True Hill roll call, shouting out those supporting us across social media, starting off with our True Hill Trinity, our top three conversation starters over on the True Hill Heat, uh, True Hills group page on Facebook. We got Argina Bismone at number three, number two, Joe Bellini, and number one, a new number one, Luis Jaden. Congratulations to all of y'all we got patreon backers vala b alan weinstein nick jackson alex mccarthy professor chris austin k robert steve fifth generation carney ladarius dan kobe dolores john martin dj eric marcus ryan james alan santo queen monet christopher and victoria kid and finally nick tim thank you so much for supporting us over at patreon.com forward slash true hill heat three dollars a month gets you exclusive content the true hill heat prediction championship and you'll Always get your name shouted out on every single flagship podcast. We got Sleeping Angels joining us. Sleeping Angels, you only join us for the watch alongs. Must be a special edition here. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we also got uh power driver finisher. He says, Yeah, I'm not a sports guy, so mostly commercials. That's what he's watching the game for. That makes sense. That makes sense. There are people that, that pulled like, three. That's all I will say. Deadpool three. That's all I will say. You hear Taylor Smith might be in Deadpool three. I've been hearing that for a while. I, I kind of believe it. I do, too, because it's <laughs> like Hugh, Hugh Jackman showing up at that Chiefs game. Like, I understand him and Ryan Reynolds are friends, and I understand Ryan Reynolds are Taylor Swift for friends. There's no reason to have Hugh Jackman and then the producer of the movie in the press box unless something's up. Most likely. I, I'm a tea, yeah. I'm it's a like, tea lead reader. <laughs> tea lead reader. <laughs> All right, let's get into what we missed, Josh. And we're going to start off with not any of the regular shows we do. We had a damn pay-per-view this week. We're not starting off with NXT Vengeance Day. We're starting off with a MacBook Pro presentation of WrestleMania 40 kickoff presser, which for 30 minutes was a MacBook Pro presentation. And then we got some pro wrestling angles in the best way possible. You got the final segment, which has World Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins coming out, but he is interrupted by the undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns, who reveals that since Cody Rhodes couldn't make up his mind, he was choosing his mania opponent, and he chose The Rock. This brought out The Rock, who after a long babyface intro and, and mixed with 
kind of a little bit of cheers and then overwhelmingly loud boos and negative response. The Rock uh, basically immediately turns heel by introducing the press to the Cody crybabies. The Rock then reveals the bloodline family tree and calls them the one true royal family in wrestling which brought out the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, who called all this nonsense, all bullshit. Cody cuts a spirited babyface promo saying neither Rock nor Roman could be the head of the table since they haven't done any of the cooking for the past two years. Cody chose Roman to be his WrestleMania main event opponent, which led to Roman calling Cody irrelevant, just like his father which Cody responded by saying that The Rock and Roman's grandfathers would be ashamed of them, which led to The Rock slapping the American Nightmare across the face for disrespecting his family. This gave us a huge pull apart with officials and Triple H separating Rock and Roman from Cody and Seth. And it seemed that through all of this, The Rock has turned heel, not the corporate Rock, from 1998, no, the corporate high chief, The Rock, is here alongside the tribal chief, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. The two men got off the stage. Triple H was interviewed backstage, which deadass, he gave us what commentary was saying about WCW in 2000. People are going into business for themselves. The Eagles are out of control. And then The Rock comes through and totally saves that and curses out Triple H, tells him that he's going to he's gonna knock uh, Cody's fucking teeth out of his mouth and tells him to fix it or they will. What a 25-minute segment. This is one of the hottest segments that WWE has done since Jay Uso told Jimmy Uso, if you're out, I'm out too. The best segment WWE has done. And it did not happen on Raw and SmackDown. It happened on this kickoff presser that they gave away for free. They could have made these people pay. Come on, WWE. You're all about the money. These people got that for free. Josh, what did you think about the kickoff presser and this whole setup with Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns being confirmed for the main event of WrestleMania 40 and The Rock turning heel? I think Josh, Josh is, are you with me? Or I think Josh's internet is, is it's malfunctioning. <laughs> or is that, is it me? I don't know. You guys tell me. Is it me or is it uh is it Josh? I think Josh is frozen. I'm pretty sure Josh is frozen. There's our, is our frozen. producer. Our producer. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, come out for the hot free. tag, brother. Hot tag in, Josh. We'll, we'll put we'll pop you back in when you fix the internet issues. Baby Seth, you 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 very rarely watch WWE, but you usually watch the good stuff. And this was one of the good stuff. What did you think about this kickoff presser and everything that went down? I So going into it, I was not interested at all. <laughs> I was just like, well, this is just another WWE thing, whatever. But then I saw on like all my group chats, everybody was just talking about it. So I was like, oh, okay. I guess I got to check this out tonight. That shit was hot. <laughs> that, that, that's WWE doing what WWE does best, which is not wrestling. It's like characters and promos. Like, they got a fucking live crowd 
I don't know how many people were there, but they got enough people to pay money to just see char like characters and promos. And that was like, I heard someone say that might have been the hottest presser or sort of event like that since Tyson and Austin. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't disagree. <laughs> yeah, it's it's right up there. Like all the rest, I started remembering all the previous like WrestleMania press conference, like WrestleMania eight when it was only like Sid, Hulk Hogan, and Macho Man when they were trying to figure out who's gonna first Ric Flair after he won the '92 Royal Rumble, and they're sitting by a phone and they're waiting for the answer, like they're in the M NBA draft. Uh, <laughs> then I remembered uh, WrestleMania eleven when Lawrence Taylor came and they did the whole. I remember that. Yeah, that was cool that. too. That was cool that too. Was, when Bam Bam was, kissed him. That was exactly that was really cool, and they did the the Austin Tyson one immediately after the Austin Tyson segment on Raw. So that's what mm -hmm. made it like so exciting, ah, and people yeah. wanted to to watch that. But it was nothing like this. We didn't. That was kind of like it was pro wrestling being popped out and put into like a boxing press conference. This was like a U. This was pro wrestling being popped into a UFC style mixed with pro wrestling style format it was very cool i agree I it, it was great and it like it, i don't know about you but like my imagination is running wild so i know what the main event actually is but it's running wild now with like what they're going to do so is rock just going to be with roman until wrestlemania will it go past wrestlemania and then we actually get rock roman at 41 you know what i mean like this is the injection of life that the blood life story definitely needed like immediately after the presser i said i was like you do Cody and Roman at WrestleMania 40 with like Rock as special guest referee or special enforcer. That sets up Rock and Cody at 41 because I feel like that's the hot the hot one to go with. Like that might be mm -hmm. their new Austin McMahon. Like people like we got sat here on the show that compared Cody to Austin, but Austin you if you have an Austin you need a McMahon. You need an authority figure for him to go against and for him to be the everyman, the American-born, American nightmare, everyman. He has to go against some type of authority, and now you got that in The Rock, the biggest movie star in the world. So I feel like that's a money matchup for WrestleMania 41 where you can stretch the bloodline saga that we thought jumped the shark. I know, as right? <laughs> we can come back and they can long game this for WrestleMania uh -huh. 42 with Rock and Roman there. Like, I feel like right now, after the presser, the best thing for them to do, double main event, night one, tag team match. Rock and Roman versus Seth and Cody, and then night two, Cody and Roman. I just don't think... They're gonna do double duty, especially Rock. He's not like really in. Rock's not doing double duty. Match. Rock's doing one match. You, the the whole reason you do the tag match on night one is to protect the Rock. He's fifty one years old. You don't want to put too much on him. I know he's in a. Well, that's training what I'm camp. saying. I know he's in a training camp and stuff like that. He's getting ready for the return, but. 51, you put him in a tag team matchup, he doesn't have to do too much. And the same thing for Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins lost his WrestleMania main event, not on his injury, on someone else's mm -hmm. injury. Because he's not main eventing WrestleMania without CM Punk one-on-one -on -one against anyone else. But this gives him a chance to finally get the monkey off his back and main event night one of WrestleMania, where he was, because WWE said it themselves, he was the forgotten man. 
uh, at this press conference. Everybody Dude, he to. was so he was such the fifth wheel, the third wheel. I felt so bad for him. Like it was point. Not only did he just keep getting sunned by Roman for like two weeks in a row, he was just there with his dick in his hand, just like chilling. Like what the fuck? I feel so bad for him. Like made fun of his shoes. He's just there trying to add a little line here and there, shucking and jiving. But he was just useless. Like, it was fine at the end when he was like, just because you're on the board doesn't mean you can do anything. But, dude, I felt so bad for him. Like, like he was just in the corner jerking off the whole time. <laughs> I was like, there was three megastars on the stage and Seth Rollins. That's what yeah. it felt like. That's what it yeah. felt like. Like that crowd wanted to see Cody. He was the big baby face. I thought Rock was the star of the whole thing. I thought like Rock seriously. Like if it if it was the plan or if it wasn't the plan, he read that crowd and he freaking turned everything around. He was he was the pivot point in that whole scenario because he did not fight against it. He could have continued on the same rock format and he eventually mm -hmm. probably would have got some people to cheer him or got the crowd. That's not going to cheer and Rocky sucks, but instead he just fed right into it and became probably the most interesting character, not named Drew McIntyre in WWE. He, he's good at reading the crowd, man. You remember in like 2003, four when everybody was getting tired of him, that's when he just made the pivot to Hollywood rock. So I feel like the same thing happened here. Absolutely. And also, this is good rehab for him after everything with DC and shit like that. Like, he, this is much needed for him, too, especially if he's going to try, try to go to more serious roles. He's going to try to play Mark Kerr, I believe, in a, in a biopic. So I think this is much needed rehab for him also. Josh, I see everything is situated now. You seem clear, clear as day. You had me worried. Because I was like, am I frozen or is Josh frozen? No, I was frozen. <laughs> I was and very confused. You no, know, because what happened was like, as soon as you asked me the question, it cut off. Like, it completely cut off. So I couldn't even see anything. Oh, shit. We got a fourth man. What, what is going on here? What is going on? Back-to-back -back weeks. We don't get Chrissy Love this week. But popping in because I know he wants to talk about it because he, he really pops in our True Hill Heat group chat unless he really wants to talk about something. So I'm not surprised <laughs> him here. The resident True Hill alcoholic, top guy JJ is here. Yo, what up, y'all? Listen, man, I, I thought I for a quick minute, man, I saw I saw you know Josh froze up a little bit. I saw you know baby Seth is in an uncomfortable position. I was like. <laughs> Uh, let me give let me give uh, a couple minutes at least before I I gotta give my life away for the next nine hours. So, I mean, part of what you said was right though. Part of what you said is correct though, sir. But um, yeah, how's everybody doing? <laughs> All good, brother man. We're doing well. Glad to see you. We got a bunch of people in the chat joining us live. Remember, guys, if you're watching us live, pop that thumbs up on the video. And you can send a super chat donation like our favorite, the one, the only, Will Chisholm. Well, AJ must have got a customer because he popped out of here real quick. Um, we got a super chat donation from Will Chisholm. Thank you so much, Will. He says, watching Roman fall in the line behind uh, The Rock was weird. He was the little brother. I I don't feel that way, but I could understand why people do. Uh, well, I mean, technically, he is the little brother. So I mean, he, he is. Yeah, he is the little cousin. Like... He's little cousin. That's what he is. Like it is what it is. 
Uh, JJ, what did you think about the presser? And what do you what do you say? Do you think that Roman fell in line with The Rock? It felt weird him being the second man in the equation. Like, but I, I mean, let's let's get let's get this shit straight. That shit was fucking incredible to me. I fucking love the I I love that uh the new element that they're trying to bring to to this event. Like it, it's something that they haven't really done too many times. Um, it, it felt it felt like something that's a kind of like a middle finger, like one of those to all of these little beat writers, to all of these little internet nerds, to all of these people with the reports and the stories and the sources. Like shut the fuck up. Just enjoy what we're about to give you and stop speculating on shit that y'all have no idea what y'all are talking about. Like that, it felt like one of those, like in the smartest way possible, because I swear if uh, I, I haven't seen it, but if there's a person that said that they predicted this, they should be blocked off of every form of internet because they're fucking liars. So not a person alive, not a person on the net predicted the rock would turn heel during this scenario. So if you thought that, you're a fucking liar. Well, liar. Well, I mean, at that point, they had no choice because they needed to. No, 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 you see, see, see I don't want to hear that. I don't want to no, see, see, that's, that's the part up. that I'm saying. I don't want to no, no, hear No, 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 no. They knew they fucked up. They knew they no, fucked up. And they had Josh, and they had Josh, to pivot. But, they had to pivot. But typical they had to pivot. Like, but, but that, that, that was saying. obvious. So, no, this no, is, no, but that but was obvious. Is, they fucked up. So they had to. But pivot. this is what I'm talking about. That's you the see, only reason you, why he turned heel because of that. This, That's the only this reason. Is what I'm talking about. I'm not saying Don't it's not give great. people ammunition. Not, Don't give people ammunition to think that they were right. This is what I'm saying. Don't give people ammunition. That's the thing, though. Nobody's saying that. What I am saying. Is that WWE had no choice but to do it because they fucked up. Yeah, they fucked I don't, up. So they had no choice to do it. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying nobody is right. I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm not saying nobody is right. I'm just yeah, saying they could have been stubborn, and I, I thought they. But would, that's I what I was gonna get to. I thought they would have been like creative and not put Rock out there too many times. They could have stuck and, to and their roots. Yeah. Their time. I said it earlier. I thought Rock would just continue on his babyface stick, but I feel like the people that deserve credit is one Triple H for pivoting because I agree with Josh. This was not the plan. They had to pivot no. because of the negative reaction that they got to to the Rock taking Cody's place. And I also want to say, too, knowing WWE and their history, I am like 90% sure they are never going to, they have no intention of explaining Cody's promo from last last week's SmackDown. Word. I'm, I'm saying I, that's I still in the back of my head, not, too. Not, not, not at me. Not at <laughs> what, what changed your mind? A fucking tree? A fucking tree made you change your mind? <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the execution of that was just pure ass. That that whole thing. Obviously, I think we all ranted about that shit last week because that that was one of the worst done things that they have executed in a long time. Force feeding something that their story didn't lead to. Their story didn't lead to that, and then they forced it. And then now this is a great pivot. Like they, 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 they did something. It was ballsy. It was very ballsy because, um, that obviously it 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 would have it played the way it played out. But you know, it it could have came out very awkward. 
it, it, it could have been very awkward, but these guys yeah, are oh, professionals. Oh, these guys. Let's be honest, though. Like, like thirty minutes of that whole shit was awkward as fuck. Triple H, I mean, Triple H's MacBook Pro intro and shit. Selling out. We went from we went from just being a small promotion business to selling out <laughs> stadiums, and then there was WrestleMania, and then Bianca Belair, where they told her yeah, nothing. That was like, they probably yeah. gave her no direction. They just said, "Talk about your history at WrestleMania." You know what this was? You know, come on. Y'all know what that was. Y'all know what that was. That was basically if you've ever watched a Samsung unboxing event or an Apple event, that's literally <laughs> what it was. <laughs> it was a, a keynote. Yeah. 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 That's what, that's what Three said. He says a Mac. Yeah. He's a MacBook Pro presentation. That's what it was. Yeah. That's literally, I mean, come on. At the end of the day, it's what a press conference kind of but is. I mean, I it, it, say, it, I it's, say it's a presentation I, of what yeah. you're providing. Like, it's it, it basically what it is. I, I would say that they did great with uh, Rhea and Becky. I thought that I thought that part was great, too. So yeah. I thought they yeah. did a good thing. I, was like, I, I, literally, I literally tweeted out after Rhea and Becky. I was like, all I needed to do is wait 30 minutes for a pro wrestling angle. Thanks, guys. Like, and guys, like, it, 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 guys, guys it, the fit was free. <laughs> like it was free. <laughs> like it was free shit. That shit was a free was, for all, man. Come on, it was what are you complaining free. about? <laughs> nobody paid a penny for that. So it was cool. Like, right, you know, it was what it was. And obviously, nobody's going to care about the first 35 minutes. Everybody's going to care about that last 25. Like, like, no, like that last 25 is like the meat of this entire thing. Like that shit is already clipped and the whole segment is on YouTube already with just that segment alone. So like, like they, they know it. Come on. Come on. Like the rock went on the Pat McAfee show to promote this shit. They were promoting this shit since literally the day after the rock showed up on SmackDown. Like they, they knew they was probably didn't know exactly what they were doing, but they knew they was cooking something up. <laughs> so listen, man, I ain't going to try to go knee deep and, and, and fucking nitpick at this shit. I just know what I saw. I was pleasantly surprised and, and, and I enjoyed the shit out of it. So now it's like, again, just stop trying to just <laughs> yes stop trying to fucking predict everything that's gonna just enjoy the shit and then that that's oh, what i think a lot of no, that's, that's not what, what think, we do here but that's but that's what a lot of a lot and that's what so many like obviously like if you know what you're talking about try to if you want to get yourself but it's like there's a part of a fan that just doesn't exist anymore that just sits there just just watches what happened and react to it because every time you're predicting something, the more you predict and the more they pivot, the dumber you're gonna look and the fucking less resourceful you're gonna be you're gonna be. I think it's okay I, to yeah, do predictions. I, yeah. Like like I right now, like one of my favorite shows is Power Book uh, okay. three raising Canaan. And okay, we got okay, a whole okay. Hold, 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 we're trying to figure out what's gonna hold happen on. next. It's the same yeah. thing with Russell. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Let me let me let me rephrase that. Stop using sources to say that this is happening. Huh? Yeah, no, that's lying. That, uh, that, so, so that, that, so, the, so that, that's, that's that's more of what I'm talking say, about. Yeah, just keep it simple and just say stop lying. Stop using yeah. A so stop yeah to, yeah. To back up your opinion. Sources yeah. say that this is no. Don't do that. 
if you want to talk no, about what you think is going to happen, that's a different. Yeah, so that's that's my bad. That's a different story. But stop saying sources say or sources report that this was the plan all along, and Cody Rose refused to fight Rush. Like shut. I mean, I mean that, that so, goes back. That goes back to what Josh was saying earlier, JJ. That we we really have to have the conversation of we we don't go to Dave Meltzer for reports anymore. Like this whole situation explains why because he's the only one that's saying that oh no this is what they wanted to do all along because he has a relationship with the rock i'm, I'm letting y'all know if any information that dave is giving on this situation he's getting from people that's close to the rock and that is why he's been like oh this is the plan all along and all that nonsense and sean's been like no that's not what happened this is not what was the story all along yeah, he said that too. He came out and he did say certain things. He was like, "No, that's not exactly true," or like he did come out and say that. He's not discrediting Dave. It's just we all know, we all know at this point that WWE they they try to implement the Rock in their own way because they thought the fans would love it. And when they saw it, there was a lot of heat. They realized like, "Oh shit, we can't go through with this." So, which is fine. I mean, the way they did it. I was I was happy with the way the way they did it because now it creates more more angles more stories it, it creates more attention that now the next eight weeks to WrestleMania it gives you something it's not like a basic build to WrestleMania now we don't even know like hey we might get the Rock one night one or we might get a tag match night one we don't know that's what makes it good like now it's more speculation in that aspect um, but. Even so, like if people are predicting things, I don't mind the fantasy booking. What I do mind if it's if it fucking sucks, then you probably shouldn't be talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most most people most people don't do good fantasy booking. I think that's probably the most the biggest issue. <laughs> Ryan, one said, thing before I bounce. Yeah. <laughs> Say that again. You got something in your throat, Josh. Oh, I said yeah. Ryan Fenton. He's fucking. <laughs> he's fucking. He's fucking terrible. At fucking every time he fantasy books anything, I'm like, bro, shut the fuck up and just do your job because you can't do this shit at all. He's a like, at all. Have a seat, sir. Have a seat. Uh, One thing before I bounce, go back to the back. Um, with that bloodline family tree, I love that my man Jacob's Fatu's name was right there. That's what we need. We need a Samoan werewolf to inject some more blood into the bloodline. Peace. Thank you, baby Seth, for stepping in. Before you sign off, Top Guy JJ, because I know you got to run, give us what you think. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think will be the main event of WrestleMania Night 1 and Night 2 this year? WrestleMania Night 1. Ah, man. Obviously, Seth is going to be defending his world title. Um... I don't even think that's going to main event the show, which is sad. <laughs> um, so something's leading me to think that I think they're going to do two ladies to main event night one. Um, I, I think they're going to probably it, either they're going to do uh, who who's that first time Rhea and Becky. I mean, they 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 might go that route for night one um, because obviously night two is all about. Roman and whoever the fuck he's fighting. I think it's going to end up being Cody Rose. Like, I think it's going to end up being Cody Rose, but I think it's going to be a fucking wild ride before getting there. And it starts with the Elimination Chamber. 
Like, like so something saying, tells me that he, no, you're saying no rock wrestling. This I, I don't, I don't think the rock at what they did and how they executed the rock being placed into this is gonna properly fit. Like, I just don't feel like it's gonna. It's like no one like that. That was real with no one liking it of how it it, it was inserted and and having the rock kind of like teased and then brought into the equation and probably throws a monkey wrench. Hey, that should be kind of cool if we get something that involves rock and Cody for his spot that Cody has to overcome that, you know, obviously the rock is kind of in the way, but then the rock ends up, you know, not getting the fucking job done because, you know, he probably won't be back till next year. So, you know, it, 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 I just don't see a proper way of having the rock in this match now, especially with him and Roman basically bonding side by side. Like Cody ain't winning no championship in a handicap match versus the rock and Roman Reigns. Like that, if they do that shit, you might as well put a cape on Cody Rose and call him fucking Superman. Because that that would just be absolute dog shit and ridiculous. That would just be too much overkill. Like that would be more overkill than Daniel Bryan beating fucking Triple H, Batista, and Randy Orton the same night. (laughs) That would be more overkill than that. So I I just want to enjoy it. Honestly, I really just want to see what the hell happens. But I do think that the the ladies will get night one. And I think Rock and Cody, I mean, Roman and Cody will still main event the show, but it won't go without a lot of drama in between. All right, that is fair. Top Guy JJ, thank you for popping in, sharing your thoughts on the WrestleMania 40 kickoff presser. Let the people know where they can follow you on social media and when they might see you again. Well, um, yeah, that, that's that's amazing. You put me on full screen when I'm in my job's bathroom right now. Like, that's just that's just just, just, just amazing. But you know what? We got we do got a pristine kind of bathroom in here. This shit is better than some people's cribs. <laughs> but <laughs> on Instagram, you can find me at True Hill underscore Top Guy JJ, and probably popping on, on. Listen, y'all definitely gonna see me more than likely. It's gonna be well before WrestleMania. I am going to a different state for a, a, a little while. Um, I might have ch- time to pop in. I think that's the Saturday before Chamber. I think that's the Saturday of Chamber. I might be available to do the show the Saturday of Chamber. So I'll keep you posted on that. Um, that Saturday of I, Chamber is going to be the post show. The post Chamber, show. Yeah, yeah, Chamber, that's what I'm yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the post show, if you having the show that that time because uh lord knows if it's 5 a.m the show's gonna end at probably what 9 a.m or something like that yep. yep if you're having the show on saturday at 11 still i'm not sure how much reaction i'm gonna give because there ain't no way i'm getting up at five in the morning to watch that shit um but you know be cool to talk about some other shit y'all let y'all spoil me on the elimination chamber which i really wouldn't care too much um uh, but yeah, it's gonna be good to kick it with y'all again. And before you know, I get discovered and you know get thrown under every bus imaginable for being the worst boss in America. Yes, I, I'm, I'm gonna ball. get ready. Yeah, so we got we got about 59 people watching. One of them's gonna be your employee. So we'll see you next week. 
KJ. You know <laughs> what? You know what? If if, if 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 this one of my employees, just you know, just shoot me a DM and then I'll I'll, I'll send you a mention so you might get a follow or two. Nosy go. fucker. There you go. <laughs> All right, JJ. Until next Peace, time. Y'all. Later, brother. Uh, but yes, like the you know, WrestleMania 40 presser was on <laughs> Thursday, so that led into. Friday, which was SmackDown last night, which had uh, the fallout from the presser with Triple H confirming the WrestleMania 40 main event will be Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Triple H also took a few shots at The Rock, saying that he doesn't know his role and it doesn't matter what he thinks about the main event. Then Nick Aldis and Adam Pearce announced Seth Rollins' opponent for Mania would be decided in the men's elimination chamber matchup later in the night that led to our first qualifying matchups as you had former wwe champions drew mcintyre going one-on-one with aj styles and drew picks up the win thanks to a distraction from la night in a very good matchup and then Later in the night in the main event, you had Randy Orton beat Sami Zayn in a good main event matchup for both McIntyre and Orton to qualify for the chamber. Meanwhile, in the women's side of the chamber, you had Bianca Belair. She qualified for the women's elimination chamber, defeating Meechin in a rock solid bout. Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate set their path for Elimination Chamber as they pick up the win over DIY in a very good tag team bout to advance to face the Judgment Day at Elimination Chamber for the Undisputed Tag Team Titles. Bailey cut another excellent promo, babyface promo, and was interrupted by Dakota Kai, who explained that she had nothing to do with what happened last week and says the Kabuki Warriors poisoned Kai uh, EO's mind. This led to EO and Kyrie coming out and surrounding Bailey. Dakota Kai picked up a chair and looked like she was going to attack Bailey, but she swung at the Kabuki Warriors and EO Sky, but did not hit any of them, but stood by Bailey to end the segment, further adding more intrigue into this damage control uh, breakup storyline. Once again, they were the highlight of the show on SmackDown last night. Any thoughts on the show? What do you think about Triple H taking shots at The Rock? All the people qualifying for Elimination Chamber, and then that segment with Bailey and Dakota Kai. Um, with SmackDown, I only watched the highlights. I didn't watch the show. Um, the Triple H stuff, I thought it was uh, decent. Nothing too crazy, but um, makes things interesting to see. Like, oh, is Trips gonna be a on-screen character again because of this? Like, what's going to happen? I don't expect him to wrestle. I know people did throw that idea out there. Uh, He's not wrestling. Uh, The man, man, yeah, the man already has, you know, he's already made that clear. And I don't think that, I know a lot of people were making the comparisons with Edge and all this stuff. Like, oh, Edge came back. Well, Edge had two neck surgeries from the comeback. You know, Triple H, Freaking almost died. He had a cardiac arrest and he almost died. You know, and it's, it's a heart issue. It's not a it's not a neck issue. It's a freaking heart issue. Um, so I don't I I don't expect that to happen. And then honestly, I don't want to see Triple H Russell because the last few times we did see him wrestle, he's just not the same guy anymore. So I just wouldn't want to do that to him. He's good at where he's what he's doing now. Don't need a match from him. 
um, that made things interesting, like to see how behind he is with Cody now. And it kind of just feel it kind of does kind of feel like a civil war kind of aspect now. Where like there's a lot of tension, like no, like this is our guys, like this is what, and then now the Rock having the authority he has, that's gonna make things interesting. So that's what I was alluding to when it came to like the whole press conference, like it created more ideas that is like, oh shit, we're just not getting a simple kind of thing leading to WrestleMania. It could be a long term kind of thing. You never know. So it's like that, it's like a it's like a power struggle. It's a power struggle with Triple H and and The Rock. It's a power struggle with Cody and Roman. It's like multi-faceted coming out of the press conference. Yeah, and that's what makes things great. Um, and in regards to the women, uh, yeah, it's been good. The Bailey stuff has been good. I just thought, me personally, I just thought they could they probably should have waited a little bit longer for all this. Like the whole breakup thing happening, I thought they should. They probably should have waited a little bit longer. But I mean, so far it's been good. Um, I can't really complain too much about it. The way they did it with Dakota Kai not being involved in last week's segment, it does give it some more legs. So, so now no. we're going to be waiting for Dakota to turn on Bailey. So at least yeah. we get that that part of the turn and stuff like that. Uh, we got Chuck Berries with a super chat donation. Thank you so much, Chuck. Your second super chat. Give it to us here. We appreciate the support. He says, uh, like you said yesterday, the rock on Pat McAfee show was the indicator that he was turning heel. Yeah, 100 percent. That's when I knew. The Rock, when he started cut that for that promo, and he's like, Cody Craig, baby. I was like, Oh, oh, okay, you're feeding into this. Oh. I thought it was great. Bravo! Yeah, I was like, I was, I was like, I was like, this, this is the right move. I and it was funny. Would be in denial. I thought yeah. that would be stubborn, but this immediately gave me the indication that yeah, that we're going in that direction. Yeah, it was funny because Romeo was trying to say like, "Damn, oh, the Rock talking about you," and I was laughing because I was just like, "Well, technically, I never complained about the story." I was like, "That was never my complaint." So I'm like, "I don't know." He talked about me. I don't know. But I have been pushing Cody to be the main event, so maybe I am. I don't know. No, he said he said there's a difference between Cody, Cody fans, and the Cody Crybabies. <laughs> you see, I was like, I and you know that too. I never complain about the story. To me, it's never it was never about finishing the story. My thing was the fucking bait and switch. That was the issue that I had because it was just it it was retarded. Like it just not only that, but. It was just a matter of they thought they could kind of get away with it. What I'm putting more on TKO reps more than Triple H because of everything I've been hearing. You know, they thought they were going to get an easy segue because it's The Rock. You know, yeah. his popularity. They thought that was going to that was going to erase everything, and it was like no. Like one thing in wrestling that I know that I know for a fact is fans hate bait and switches, and this is. By far, one of the worst attempts of a bait and switch of all time. Like this is that was really bad, right? Because it's one thing when when it happens in a match, right? People are upset at the moment they get over it. This could have been like a long time effect of like you don't know where shit was gonna go, just because, you know. Again, they relied on the Rock's name to carry this, and they realized like, oh shit, like our not only that. But WWE, they're so emphasis of stories. They want fans to like, you know, be patient, focus on the stories, right? Their story, their storylines. And then by you 
almost attempting to throw that shit out, you're contradicting what you said. <laughs> and and by putting in the rock, you're contradicting the whole campaign you've been on for the last couple of months of oh this is the hottest period ever oh we're making all these new stars but as soon as the injury happened you hit the panic button and you called on the rock which it and which which it didn't need to happen and that was the that was the issue that i had because when i heard that i was like you have enough guys right you brag about the roster that you have now you're telling me you can't push somebody else like you can't push somebody else in that situation and i get my thing was never about like, oh, I, and, and you know, like, I never wanted to see Rock and Roman. I didn't care about it. But if it would have happened, I'd been like, fine, that's cool, right? If The Rock would have been in the, in the Royal Rumble and he would have won it, I would have dealt with it. I think that's fine because then it's kind of like a segue. It's a story right there. Like, yeah. all right, he won. He earned his opportunity, right? Regardless of even if he didn't wrestle for years, he still want a match to get the opportunity but it was just it was more of like um again they try to force it um it was like you can't do that you know like and then you had the man cody when he won he picked roman like he pointed right at roman after he pointed at the wrestlemania side so you already gave these people's thoughts of like all right this is gonna and people were excited about it people were like legit excited about it right but then even the aspect of the whole box office crap, WrestleMania was already selling itself. WrestleMania. No, no, no. no. I, I get like, the box office stuff is. Yeah. is about no, no, I get it. It's about. No, no, I'm saying, like, I get, you know, yeah. Yeah, like, like I, I, to me, like, I get it. But it was more of like, you know, like, WrestleMania was already selling itself. So The Rock wasn't really needed in that aspect of like trying to explain things. But I do get the aspect of the match happening. Then that's going to create more attention. More people are going to view. That aspect I get, but as in like, oh, we need to sell WrestleMania, we need ticket sales. I'm like, no, you guys already sold over hundred like, thousand. Like, like they have to realize, like people that are negative about the Rock being involved. The only reason that Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns' names are being mentioned in USA Weekly and all these outlets that never cover wrestling is because of the Rock. Yeah, it's because of the Rock. It's simply the Rock's presence is the reason why all these outlets that never talk about wrestling are covering this story. But let's yeah. break everything down that happened after we went off the air yet uh, last week <laughs> on the True Hill Heat flagship podcast. Uh, last Saturday, PW Insider had an update on how this whole situation came about. According to the report, numerous sources within WWE revealed the decision for the company to go with Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40 was a push made by the Rock himself to be part of the main event and the decision was reportedly backed by TK group TKO group holdings executives while Cody Rose won the men's Royal Rumble match setting up his Roman Reigns rematch to finish his story some sources are said to believe that the rock made the move as a way to save WrestleMania now that CM Punk is off the card due to injury and Brock Lesnar is out of the WWE pressure for the foreseeable future PW insider also notes that other sources believe that the rock made Making the push for the main event was inevitable due to his $30 million stock options payout as a recently announced board member for WWE parent group TKO. The, the Rock's payday is partially contingent on him hitting certain financial milestones. One of those milestones was expected to be Johnson making an in-ring return this year, meaning that he signed a contract that had him returning to re at WrestleMania this year on a Tuesday. When it was announced, 
and Johnson reportedly pushed for the match sooner rather than later was because the global superstar believed Reigns versus Rock was a bigger attraction for WWE. With Johnson now being a board member, his standing as a top Hollywood star and the backing of TKO CEO Ari Emanuel, WWE President Nick Khan, and others, this resulted in the Rock versus Roman Reigns being booked as the main event bout for WrestleMania 40. The match is reportedly viewed as a bigger mainstream attraction for the company that will help WWE regain some positive momentum in light of the recent events, specifically the lawsuit by former WWE employee Janelle Grant against Vince McMahon. PW Insider reports that a WWE source compared this movie, uh, this move by The Rock to his attempts to take over the creative side of DC Universe at Warner Brothers. While The Rock was portionally expe- uh, part- originally expected to portray the character of Black Adam opposite Shazam in the planned Shazam movie, those plans later changed with The Rock leading his own solo film as Black Adam. The Rock wanted the character to eventually face Superman and attempted to go over the heads of executives to their superiors to get ideas approved. It's alleged that The Rock uh, wanted to gain control of the entire DC film franchise, but that was Jenison uh, following Black Adam's poor box office performance. Warner Brothers uh, later named James Gunn and Peter Severn uh, as the new heads of DC Studios. PW Insider notes that the decision regarding WrestleMania 40 to take Cody out of the main event uh, last week was not made out of malice, but it was reportedly done out of the belief that The Rock is the best idea to make the company money right now and out of respect for his new position as a board member of TKO. Also, the move was done to reportedly grant The Rock more political power and to show TKO and Endeavor's faith in his involvement in the company. Additionally, one source within the company said that (laughs) WWE Chief Creative Officer Triple H, a.k.a. Paul Levette, would lose a power struggle with Johnson at this point if he were to wage one right now. With regards to who will be representing The Rock creatively in WWE, the report says that former WWE creative member Brian Gerertz, who worked for The Rock at Seven Bucks uh, Productions, will be in the mix for The Rock's creative process moving forward. Some sources reportedly believe that Gerertz will be physically involved for the major shows going forward. It's also stated that Gerertz could be at events as a plan B in the event of TKO uh, needing to pivot the company's creative direction as a Johnson-backed creative team later on. On WWE, talent is said to have privately told PW Insider that they wondered if Johnson headlining the show was the plan all along, but if he had not commit to late in the game, the same talent who also wondered what would have done, what would they have done with CM Punk had he not been injured? And if his injury prevented uh, Punk from learning that he also would have lost that WrestleMania main event slot as well. (laughs) Before Punk's injury, he was rumored to face Seth Rollins as the headliner for night one of WrestleMania. As for Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, PW Insider said that the plan on Monday was to have the two face each other at WrestleMania 40. This is despite Rose winning the Royal Rumble and becoming the first man to go back to back, him wanting to finish his story and uh, talking about that during the ads for WWE 2K24. PW Insider says some people within WWE are openly talking about Cody winning the World Heavyweight Championship and then challenging the winner of the main event of WrestleMania 40 at SummerSlam in a title unification bout. 
Fightful Select had more details uh, saying that according to some who that were asked, they believe The Rock was even pushing to win the match with Reigns. That's unconfirmed at this time. TKO believes a match between The Rock will result in more immediate money than The Rock, than uh, Roman Roman Reigns versus uh, Cody Rhodes. And Rock and Ari Emanuel have a strong relationship for years as Rock is Endeavor's biggest star. As recently as three weeks ago, there was a pitch to have him be talent as part of the TKO board, as both sides wanted to get the most out of the deal. Rose reportedly found out about the change uh, before SmackDown last week and didn't travel to SmackDown without knowing. It's believed that The Rock intends to wrestle a full match at WrestleMania uh, this year, although it's unknown if he will wrestle after what happened at the press conference. Fightful noted that they reached out to over three dozen uh, people in WWE and was universally negative was the response. The belief was that it was good for the short-term business, but not for the long-term business. A former world champion added that the match would have made sense between Rock and Roman several years ago or this year if Cody won the title last year. However, they believe it does not work for this year. A source in Creative noted that the team was demoralized by the move last week, and it sounded like something the previous regime would have done. And another added that there were numerous meetings and pitches to acquire The Rock for years, with the excuse being that the story didn't make sense, and it didn't make sense this time either. Uh, another source noted that The Rock was a great guy, but with this decision, it might hurt his relationship with the one community he has almost universal uh, goodwill with, especially after drawing backlash for de uh, decisions he made with DC and the XFL. Another source noted that The Rock's family had pulled ahead of the McMahon family this week as far as the power in pro wrestling. And during Monday's episode of Wrestling Observer Radio, it was reported that Dave Meltzer, that WWE had been planning for The Rock versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40 before this year's Royal Rumble. It was signed in the deal. It's unknown why WWE decided to have Rhodes win the Royal Rumble if they had this planned uh, before the event. And as of last Friday night, Rhodes is planned to face Seth Rollins with, uh, at WrestleMania. It was noted that the negative reaction has played out in a way they wanted it to, according to Meltzer. WWE did not foresee fans booing The Rock, but they did, not, they did want this situation to turn Cody into a bigger babyface, and it did. Also on Monday, PW Insider reported that according to multiple sources, that is still 100% the plan despite the strong reaction to Cody Rhodes not facing Roman Reigns. The uh, the deal was a done deal for The Rock versus Roman Reigns, but apparently that has changed or we're going to see more changes as the road to WrestleMania uh, turns out. But got to ask you, got to ask you, uh, <laughs> Josh, about all of this. What do you think about all the twists and turns we saw through the week that led to the press conference? And what do you think right now, February 10th, 2024, will be the main event of WrestleMania 40 night one and night two? Uh, to answer your, your last question first, uh, I think night two is going to be Cody and, and Roman. I think. The way that they've gone, uh, anything less than that, it's going to be bad. I think uh, they already made that clear. Uh, obviously, the fans want that with the with the response. So I think that's going to be night two. That's that's what they have to do at this moment. Uh, night one, 
night one is interesting because I I know top guy doesn't think The Rock is going to be involved at all. I think he does have a match. I don't think that there's also a scenario where The Rock doesn't wrestle because you had the man, he was about to wrestle, and then now he doesn't completely take him out. I don't see that happening at all, regardless of how I feel about Dwayne. But um, night one is going to be interesting because I don't know. I want to say The Rock versus Roman, but I just don't know. Like, I, just I, don't, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't see it happening. They're gonna go like. Yeah, that would be, I don't think that's gonna happen. I was rushing like, this story if they did Rock and Roman after. after. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think that's gonna happen. But I do think he's some way. There's gonna be some capacity that the Rock is gonna be used. Maybe the tag team match that people have been throwing out there because we don't know if stuff is gonna be fully healthy. But now because they're doing the elimination chamber, that kind of like vetoes that idea. I think right for the men. Because whoever wins the match, right, they're facing stuff, right? Like, that's the thing for the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. So um, I think that kind of takes that out. Uh, I don't. I think that Seth can work both nights. You think so? Yeah. Seth, right. Seth put it, said in an interview this week that he should be back uh, to in-ring action in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so he should be fine. So. He'll probably be the one that do both nights. Like, if they take him out of the main event and he decides to work both nights, I think he probably prefers that because he'll yeah. get he'll make more money anyway. And he works it. the main event. He gets the main event spot for night one. That's what that's why I think it's going to be the tag match on night one and then Cody and Roman on night two. And I think yeah. the finish of the tag match should be The Rock pinning Cody Rhodes to set up The Rock as not only versing Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania 41, but The Rock now can say, Cody, I beat Cody on night one. Cody beat you on night two. I'm the new head of the table. Could be. I don't know. That's It's interesting. Uh, night one, that's the only one I'm like, I don't know, but I just don't. I don't see a scenario where The Rock does not wrestle. That's the thing. I think if he wrestles, that gets the main event spot. Whoever he wrestles, he's gonna he's getting the main event spot. Like whatever capacity that's gonna be, that's gonna be the main event, in my opinion. So I think that's where they go with that. Um in regards to everything else, uh what else did you ask about like everything else? Like uh uh no, just that was like my main question is what you think is gonna be the uh main event. Of, of the whole, and what do you think about the whole situation with the Rock's kind of family kind of taking over the top spot as the top family in WWE right now because of the whole Vince situation? Um, I mean, it's a little, it kind of, kind of feels weird to be honest with you, just because, like, yeah, they, they have a lot of history, right? The family itself has a lot of history. There hasn't been that many world champions. It's only been Roman and The Rock. If you really think about it, like as in like the top champions, there's only been the Roman and Rock. Uh, I don't want to say that this is their way to save face just because I know somebody did bring it up. Somebody was like, oh, the only reason why the Rock was brought on because of the whole Vince stuff, like, which is not true because they were already working on the deal before the Vince news came out. But then also that same week, well, a lot of people forget too is that within that same week, when it was announced that he was a board member and they did it at Wall Street and all that stuff, Vince was there. So it wasn't like they knew this shit was going to happen, right? 
because if they knew this was going to happen, that that was not that was not going to be the plan. Like, oh, let's bring Vince out with The Rock. Like that that would have been even shittier. But to be honest, it probably would have been even worse. Like if right, you find out Vince gets removed and then The Rock gets implemented. I think that would have been worse. To be honest with you, because it just it it will come off like really bad. So I think The Rock being announced before, right before this happened, I think it's a it, it was a, a good strategy. It was a good move on their end because it takes off the heat off of that. Now, do I think the whole WrestleMania stuff happened because of that? It, it's possibly, it's, it's very possible because because we all know The Rock. If we follow The Rock outside of wrestling. We all know he's all about PR. He's about he's all about good PR. Yeah. Um, so like that's a given, right? Um, and would I be surprised like if that was the reason? No, it wouldn't surprise me. Would it kind of leave a bad taste in my mouth? Yeah. But it's like, ah, oh, it's Dwayne. He always does this shit. I get it. Um, so it's like, you know what I mean? And when it, the with the whole comparison of the whole DC stuff, I actually agree. And it's not like I know me and, and, and drunk guy. Me and him always like go at it about it because he doesn't know the details about what happened with DC. And you know when I had to explain it, I was like, "Yeah, this is exactly what it was." Um, a lot of people who don't know is you know The Rock wanted to make the character bigger than what he really is, right? Black Adam, he's a he's a nemesis. He's basically Shazam's right um, arch rival. In the in the books, right? That's his main villain, right? You know how Batman has Joker, all this stuff. That's what Black Adam is to to Shazam, and The Rock tried to make Black Adam more than what he really is by implementing. You know, he tried to use uh, Henry Cavill. He tried to bring him back in. Uh, you know, and there was a power struggle because of that. Like he basically held WB hostage. That's why he got the solo film. That's the only reason why he got the solo film. And then when once James Gunn took over, he just it was very easy to let him go. Like he let go both of them. Yeah. I mean, Calvo got the bad end of the stick, but once they got other guys involved, like James Gunn, you know, they they just completely took over. They, he has a vision, and his vision wasn't wasn't using a lot of the old cast members. Like none of them are all of them are gone. So it's not like it's a personal thing against The Rock. All of them are gone. So it's not like, oh, it was only The Rock who got fired. But he did keep three people. Uh, he kept John Cena, which was what was going to happen because James Gunn did, you know, he did write Peacemaker. He did write, um, he did do the last Suicide Squad film as well. Um, he kept him. He kept the kid from um, Cobra Kai, the one I played Blue Beetle. He kept him because he wasn't associated with the DC Universe, like the, the last one. And I forgot who was the last person he kept. So it wasn't like a personal thing. Like James Gunn didn't get rid of The Rock because it was a personal thing. It was because Black Adam bombed in the box office and it was very easy. Like, oh, we don't need you. Get out of here. That's what happened. But all that stuff, I mean, it does come off like that. Um, but what The Rock did on Thursday, it could basically, it could clean up his image. And I think that if he really reads the room and he really sees what the wrestling crowd is about, you know, like again, The Rock is one of the most popular people in the world, right? I've never discredited his popularity. I've never discredited the, all the good things that he's done because I, I legit think he's a good human being. Like I think he's a good guy, but when it comes to 
his popularity, his image. I think he cares about that a little too much, in my opinion. And he tries to come off with like this whole nice guy stick, which is like it's not gonna get you, it's gonna get you so far until people actually start seeing it. And I would even go as far back as Fast and Furious. Like we kind of started seeing his his ego kind of like grandstanding shit. So it was like then the Black Adam stuff happened, and then this kind of was like this was a good backpedal that he's doing. But this could save his image, in my opinion. Like people are gonna love The Rock no matter what, but people who've who've kind of like grown to dislike him could kind of get like things going back. And I think he could with me, even with me. If he does the right things, if he again, if he just does what he needs to do, not make it about himself, it could happen. Uh, we got this comment that I wanted to address because this is not what JJ said. Uh, Mike Martin, who says, your boy just says, stop going off uh, rumors and what's everyone saying? No, he said, stop ba stop supporting your opinion by saying sources say. Me telling you about Sean Rossap, who has actual sources, <laughs> and what they are saying is not the same thing as what JJ is saying. I just want to specify that, Mar Mike Martin. You're good. You're good. But... Be careful. Listen. Listen to what's being said. What Top so, Guy was saying basically is like the people who say like, oh, well, uh, Dave Meltzer said that this was going to happen. Like, that's what he means. Because Dave just gives a lot of opinions. That's what Top... But then there's a lot of people, a lot of fans who just make up a lot of shit. They just yeah. use a source and they make up a lot of shit and they try to run with it. That's why somebody like SRS calls them out. Because it's like, if SRS didn't say it, he'll let you... He'll say, yeah, I didn't say that. Mike Johnson is the same way. PW Insider, he's the same way. If there's something that was said and they say, oh, Mike Johnson said this. He'll literally say, take this down. I did not say this. Like, Yeah. Uh, we got a super chat donation, though, from Will Chisholm. <laughs> Thank you so much, Will. He says, Dakota looked like, damn, she see me now. I got to fake swing a chair at EO. I love Bailey being the smart baby face by kicking the chair out of the ring. Yes. Bailey has, <laughs> Bailey has stayed true to her character as a heel, even as a baby face two weeks in. So I've been enjoying that part of it. But yeah, definitely Dakota's turning on Bailey. I think we all know that. Uh, we also got another super chat donation from Will Chisholm. He says it's starting to look like WWE versus the Bloodline. Yeah, in a way, yeah. Triple H is like the that's how it came off of WWE. Uh, this is the first time that Triple H is getting cheered and The Rock's getting booed since 1998. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! That was a good one. And we have a third Super Chat donation from Will Chisholm. Thank you once again, Will. He says, it looked real bad to see The Rock trying to say Black Adam didn't bomb. No, it bombed. It, it bombed. It bombed. It that's the that's whole reason you're not with DCEU anymore, right? Like, stop it. Stop it, bro. Get those seven bucks out. Uh, yeah. And Monday Night Raw this week, uh, the show featured the We Want Cody movement in full effect as Cody kicked off the show with Seth Rollins to Rocky Suck Chance that surprised WWE and Seth Rollins. However, we don't get any answers here as Drew McIntyre comes out and roasts both men. He attacks Rollins and brawls with Cody before bailing. More on that in a bit. Meanwhile, DIY beat Imperium, the Creed Brothers, and New Day to advance to SmackDown the 
versus Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. Becky Lynch defeated uh, Shayna Baszler to qualify for the women's elimination chamber. Meanwhile, uh, Rhea Ripley called out Nia Jax until Adam Pierce came out to give her a title match at Elimination Chamber. This led to a brawl between Nia and Rhea that ended with Jax standing tall over Ripley. The Miz picked up a victory over JD McDonough thanks to a distraction from R Truth, who was selling t shirts to the live crowd this time and <laughs> giving JD his cut of the money. Cody Rhodes picked up a win in the main event in a bull rope matchup. Post-match, it was Drew McIntyre who came out to attack Cody Rhodes to end the show, giving him the Claymore. Some good stuff from Monday Night Raw this week, but we can't do spend too much time on that, Josh, because we got to talk more about this. Because this week, we learned some more disgusting allegations against Mystic Man because former... WWE star and Diva Search winner, the late Ashley Manzaro's name is back in the news after the lawyer of John Laronitis responded to a 2019 affidavit from Mazzaro. In 2019, Mazzaro uh, claimed that she was our word, it, start, it rhymes with taped, uh, by someone posing as a doctor in the military during a 2006 Goodwill tour by WWE in Kuwait, and that WWE covered up the sexual assault. Uh, Laronitis' lawyer objected to the term cover-up, but said Laronitis was aware of Mazzaro's allegations at the time, along with the most upper-level management. This contradicted a WWE statement from 2019 that said that they were never informed of the alleged assault. Now Vice News reports that after uh, that a previously unreleased statement from Mazzaro, also, who also al had allegations against McMahon, who, him, who he himself and is now under federal criminal investigation by sex trafficking and R-word and more. According to Unearthed Statement, Mazzaro claimed that McMahon sexually preyed on female wrestlers and she was punished for turning him down by getting bad scripts that were meant to destroy her reputation and she gave the statement to her lawyers when preparing the affidavit that did get released. She said in a statement, during my time with WWE, I had ob observed Vince McMahon making out with other divas in the locker room, but he never paid attention to me. I, and I assumed I was not his type. This changed after my Playboy uh, cover was released. I was fortunate enough to be allowed to fly on the company jet and stay at the same hotels as the executives for a period of time so that I could get home faster to spend more time with my daughter. On one of these occasions, Vince was attempting to get me alone with him in his hotel room late at night, and I felt extraordinarily uncomfortable. He began calling the hotel room phone and my cell phone nonstop. I called Kevin Dunn to explain the situation, and he said I should tell Vince I was not feeling well and would see him on TV the next day. So I did. Immediately after that night, Vince started writing my promos for me. Vince does not write promos for female wrestlers. That is the job of the creative department. And he certainly wouldn't have, under any normal circumstances, written a promo for me. But he did, and the promos were written with the clear intention of ruining my career. I brought the first script Vince wrote for me to the WWE employee in charge of creative at the time, Michael Hayes, and he said, you're not, you're not saying this. Who the hell wrote this? And I told him that Vince did, and he said, well, kid, these are the breaks, meaning that Vince wanted to end my career and destroy my reputation on my way out.
He is known for this type of behavior and also did this to Redacted upon her departure from the company. Uh, the name was not released in the statement. Uh, he, she also said that in addition, after that night, each time I walked by him, he would make vocal sexual comments that were clearly designed to make me uncomfortable. TKO did not comment on the situation uh, other than confirm that Michael Hayes currently works for WWE as a producer. Vice redacted the name of the other wrestler Mazzaro mentioned to protect her privacy. And the statement was obtained by Constantine Carlos and Erica Maribel, who represented Mazzaro and, other, and others of wrestlers in a lawsuit seeking damages related to traumatic brain injuries. I uh, just want to make it perfectly uh, clear if someone, you know, who is being abused or if you're someone who is a victim of SA, help is available. Uh, you can call the number 1-800-656-4673. Uh, it's the National Sexual Assault Hotline. But wow. That is a lot, and it just adds on to the horrible human being that we have known this man to be, but these allegations just keep on adding up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is something, I mean, I haven't heard the details about it, but this is something that we have heard for, for years, and unfortunately, you know, we did, you know, when, you know, when she passed away, this was one of the basically one of the main points that they brought up that the, this is the reason why what happened happened. Um, it's just um, it's really hard to talk about just because you know she's not here anymore. She can't defend herself with what happened. But I will say that none of this makes Leonidas look any better at all. It, I don't know what he's. I, I know what he's trying to do. I, I know what he's trying to do with you know with the statements and everything. But he don't realize. I was like, uh, this don't make you look any better, bro. Because now it's like you knew information, you knew all these things, and you said absolutely nothing about it. And now all this happened. Now you're using it to your benefit. That's what makes him look bad. Yeah, it looks horrible. It looks horrible. Honestly, it really does because he's throwing Vince under the bus, but you're getting run over too, bro. Like, regardless of what you think you accomplishing, you're not accomplishing what you think you accomplishing. Uh, one final note about Vince McMahon, there was uh, more information according to the Hollywood Reporter. McMahon's resignation was suggested by Endeavor CEO uh, Ari Emanuel and Mark Shapiro, who said he, it would be in the best interest of TKO. That happened on January 26th, the same night that uh, Slim Jim had threatened to pull his sponsorship. And long, not long after uh, McMahon resigned, Nick Khan sent a memo to the WWE staff at 8.30 p.m., noting that McMahon would no longer be, have a role with TKO and Slim Jim restored their partnership. It was also noted that at the time, TV deals with Netflix, the CW, USA Network were not believed to be at risk. However, TKO felt that McMahon staying could be problematic, especially with the WWE pay-per-view rights deal expiring in 2026 and the UFC deal expiring next year. As for the future, McMahon still owns around 10% of his shares with TKO, which is uh, THR suggests could give him some insurances. Uh, 
And then we have some statements made by different people throughout the week in regards to uh, Vince McMahon. There was Seth Rollins, who shared his thoughts in an interview with Fightful Sean Rossap. He said, it's a crap situation. I said it in that interview on Radio Row. It sucks. It's horrible. It's disgusting. I don't like hear, uh, hearing about it, reading about it. It's apparent. I hope if the allegations are accurate, I hope anybody involved with it, it gets uh, what's coming to them. It sucks. Uh, we also had an interview with Bret Hart this week with the slate. And of course, Brett has always been honest, always tell the truth how he really feels on reading the allegations. He said, when you get that vision in your head, you go. That's messed up. It's too sick and disgusting to really imagine. On the text messages, he says, they sound like Vince. On if he thinks more will come out or come forward, he says, I don't think this is the only incident of this kind of predatorial uh, behavior. I think you'll find that it's everywhere in WWE. On why he never spoke out against McMahon, he said, it's kind of like the Godfather. You never know when a guy like Vince will be your enemy again over something you say or do. He's the Teflon guy. You just can't seem to get anything on him. He's just too powerful, got too much money. On apologizing to Rita Charrington, uh, he said, I apologized from the bottom of my heart. And I said, I believe that what happened to you happened to you. And I apologize. I was wrong. Man, it, it, it feels like every week we're going to get more information about the Vistic Man situation, whether it's someone else coming forward, whether it be the thoughts of former employees of him or current active roster members. It's going to be the story that goes on all year. Yeah, and it's uh like I said before, it's unfortunate, but you know, when you do bad shit, you know, unfortunately it ends up coming out. And this is just this is just a part of something they have to deal with. And the only way that it could any any of this would go away or move forward is the people that are involved are there. Are are they're not associated with the company anymore? You know, like this is why Brock is not is is not there. Because regardless of what people might say, oh, what did Brock do? He didn't do anything wrong. He was mentioned in a serious allegation. Like, yeah. and on top of that, we've known that Brock has had shitty behavior with women before in the past. So it kind of just lines up with how he is as an individual. And, you know, they've already made that clear. Like, they've already basically wiped him out of any promotions, any game covers, any of that stuff. So it was like they already made that stuff forward. Like, they were like, all right, we're going to figure this out. Um, it's just it's it's a lot. And it's like it feels like it gets worse. You know what I mean? Like Every every week, every allegation we hear. It's like it gets worse. And then the fact that you have former guys saying like yeah that sounds like Vince and they know how he is to me that's like if basically falls on like yeah this is probably true even though I feel like the whole lawsuit me personally I do feel there's a lot of truth to that people might disagree people might agree I do feel like there's a lot of truth to that and Brett's comments kind of was just like yeah this is probably the way that I've been feeling is probably like it still stands because, like you said, Brett is one of the most honest guys. He says the text messages himself sound like Vince. So, yeah, 
I mean, uh, Dutch Mantel has been very vocal over on uh, the Sports Kita page for our SmackDown review, and he said like he felt uncomfortable around Bissick Band that he had like this weird vibe to him, and that he even said yesterday when we did the review and we were talking about the Ashley Benzaro allegations, he said he's not surprised by any of that. He said he, even when he was there in the 2010s, he used to see girls come out of Vince McMahon's office crying. And he was like, you can only imagine why they were crying now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's gross. It is. It's all gross. We do have a super chat donation <laughs> from Easy Attack, our good brother, Professor Chris. Thank you so much, Chris, for the support. He says, I blame WB for the DC issues more than Dwayne. WB has a history of screwing over actors and directors. Patty Jenkins, Sly Stallone, Ray Fisher, and the list goes on. I will say DC does not and WB does not have the greatest history as far as taking care of their talent or being good to talent. So I don't really blame Dwayne that much for trying to kind of put his foot or do a power play for an organization that has been known to kind of be like that or not be good to people of his stature yeah i mean i get that aspect but it was just more of like what Dwayne was trying to do i just think he was trying to do a little too much in that aspect now i'm not saying every studio because because even even on marvel studios they've had their share of fumbles and people they've never taken care of it's like that everywhere but it's just because Dwayne. the reason why it's different with Dwayne is because Dwayne, again Dwayne has this nice guy image that right i'm just being real right he yeah, has this nice guy image and this put him in a bad spot because it's like what he did it's not a it's not a good it's not a it's not what a good guy would do that's all i'm saying that's why there's a lot of heat on him because of that that is fair now the final show that we missed from uh, WWE was NXT this week, and they had two shows, NXT Vengeance Day, which we did the review for earlier this week. You had in the main event, Ilya Dragunov defeating Trick Williams in an excellent matchup to retain the NXT championship. But the post-match is what everybody was talking about coming out of the show as post-match. It was, it, it was the, it was the finally the moment we've all been waiting for as Carmelo Hayes turned on Trick Williams and delivered a brutal attack with a steel chair to end the show, standing tall over his former friend. Earlier in the show, they lost in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals to the Wolf Dogs, Braun Breaker, and Baron Corbin in a good opening matchup. And meanwhile, you had in the women's division, Lyra Valkyria. She retained the NXT Women's Championship in what started out in a singles match with her and Roxanne, turned into a triple threat after Lola Vice cashed in her breakout tournament contract. And this was a really good matchup with Lyra Valkyria picking up the win thanks to an assist from Tatum Paxley. You had a no DQ matchup where Dijak defeated Joe Gacy in a good bout. And then you also had Obafemi defeating Dragon Lee to retain the North American Championship as well on the show. Then that took us into NXT on Tuesday. Uh, the show did uh, very well in the ratings. I think it was up from last week. And the show featured Carvello Hayes explaining his actions from Vengeance Day. He said that the plan all along was for Trick to go after the North American title, for him to go get the NXT championship. But the fans made Trick believe he needed more. And that's why he, tr he attacked Trick 
back in October, and that's why he laid him out at Vengeance Day. You had Ilya Dragunov call out Melo, but he got Dijak instead, who instigated a fight by punching him square in his broken nose, busting him open again, and this led into Dragunov uh, beating Dijak in an intense main event matchup. These guys always deliver in the ring, but post-match, it was Carmelo who came out and laid out the NXT champion. And then in the tag team division, you had Axiom and Nathan Frazier. They pick up the win over Idris Anofe and Malik Blade in a very good matchup as well. And the Wolf Dogs attacked them after the match until the family came out for a confrontation to set up our NXT Tag Team Championship matchup next week on the show. So good stuff all around from NXT. Vengeance Day, I very much enjoyed a lot more than Dave Meltzer, if you saw his star ratings. How the fuck? He gave, he gave that the women's triple threat two and a half stars. Why don't you like women wrestling, Dave? Just just wanted to let that out. Uh, but we got some news that concerns WWE, but it's more about this person's specialty. He is the man that we go to here on the True Hill Heat flagship podcast when we're talking about the Joshi world and a big news story from the Joshi world broke out this week. He is a man that knows all about stardom. You see him on five-star uh, media as well as Fightful. Scott E. Wrestling is here. How are you doing, sir? I'm so tired, man. It's been the longest week of my life in every way, shape, and form. But I'm here. <laughs> like, have you been watching too many shows in Japan? I, or? Funny, funny you say that. I haven't been able to watch much wrestling this week. Like I try to watch it, and it's like, no, nah, I just can't do it this week. Um, I finally watched Hangman Swerve like full through last night because like I was like half paying attention when it happened and phenomenal match, by the way. Um, but, you no, know, it's just been long because it feels like because every time like a story breaks, it's Japan time, obviously. So that's like eating into my nights. Plus, I work, you know, during the day. So <laughs> we're here. We're here. <laughs> Yes, we, we 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 had a conversation in the DMs this week because uh man, you had a busy week because the news story of the year when it comes to Joshi or maybe even it comes to the entire Japanese pro wrestling world popped off this week on like in the in the evening time. I saw a whole bunch of people doing spaces as uh Stardom announces Bushiro announced that Stardom's founder Rossi Agawa has been basically fired from the company. Bushi Road uh, has canceled their contract with stardom founder Rossi Ogawa, uh, claiming that Ogawa poached, quote unquote, people from the promotion. The company, which is the parent company of NJPW and Stardom, announced on Sunday that they learned Ogawa had poached Stardom talent and staff in his position as an executive producer of the company. Ogawa had been uh, outsourced work by Bushi Road, and in the statement, uh, they said that they decided to cancel his contract when they learned of the poaching. Immediately following the news, Fightful Sean Rossap did note that a prevailing rumor within WWE was that Ogawa would be coming to the company. Company following his departure, but a new report had additional details on Bushi Road canceling the contract of the Stardom founder. The Wrestling Observer had uh, some more some more on the matter, noting that the latest development came to a head after several months of issues between the two. According to the report, the issues between Ogawa and Bushi Road began about nine months ago when executives from Bushi Road began overruling Ogawa's regarding booking and business decisions, which upset both Rossi and some of the talent. 
Ogawa was being overruled regularly by Bushi uh, Bushi Road fight president uh, Kasia Harada led to Ogawa deciding to leave the company. While Ogawa while Harada had was replacing uh, was replaced by Toro Okada in November, the issues continued and Ogawa uh, was already planning to leave in the spring of 2024. The report notes that Rossi had been under the belief that he would have autonomy when it came to booking and business uh, decisions when he sold stardom to Bushi Road in 2019, a deal that included a five-year non-complete clause. Agawa had given his notice some time ago, and it was known that he would be exiting on February 18th. Uh, Bushi Road reportedly decided to get ahead of the story and made the announcement on Monday, and talent was told in a meeting after the February 4th uh, uh, Osaka show. The report reports. Uh, the report notes that a number of talent is loyal to Ogawa, who founded the company and gave most of the roster breaks in their career. And several exits from the company are expected in March, which is when contracts expire. As of now, the only talent under a longer-term deal is IWGP Women's Champion Mayu Iwatani, due to a biopic about her coming out this year. The report notes that Bushi Road was aware of talent leaving and some had been given legal threats in the past several weeks. The report notes that Ogawa is not going to WWE and that Toro Okada and Bushi Road fight merchandise manager Oyawa is uh, will be taking over as Stardom's bookers effective immediately. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that WWE did contact Stardom and Ogawa in December of last year about establishing some sort of working relationship. Triple H was the person leading the talks and was one of the few people outside of stardom told that Ogawa was leaving. It should be noted that all of the issues between Ogawa and Bushi Road that led to this happening before WWE made contact with them. While WWE may work with either Stardom or Ogawa in the future, there are no current plans and WWE wasn't part of Ogawa's decision to leave. WWE will end up uh, going with the company they believe will benefit them, whether that be Stardom or Ogawa's new company. And they think Ogawa has the experience, particularly with developing new talent. But Bushiro has more money and Stardom has more of name value. Opening the door with Bushiro could also lead to possibly working with New Japan Pro Wrestling in the future as well. And there were rumors online that Ogawa was a mole for WWE, funneling Stardom talents to the company. But this is far from the case and the speculation started uh thanks to the acquisition of poaching from stardom and tony khan's celebratory tweets and the fact that kari sane went to wwe and julia went to uh is rumored to go to wwe when her deal expires in march however sane decided to leave when she learned that ogawa was leaving and same with julia so that is the whole breakdown. That was a lot to for me to to get out there. I thought it was simply the the whole press release by Stardom, but there's a whole bunch to this story. What do you think now? A couple of days after you had a week to kind of think it over about mm. this decision by Bushi Road and also the decision by Rossi Ogawa, who was leaving already. Yeah, uh, the, the the thing that I like to start off with is that. It's the public knowledge that no one had that he had already put in his notice. He was already leaving. The firing just came to get ahead. And in my opinion, to essentially bury him on the way out. That was the point, right? You want to make him look bad on the way out. And in part, it's worked. It's worked. For, you know, a lot of people have already turned on him, whether it be fans, 
Um, I don't know about people in Japan, though. I think it's very different there. I think it's more of the Western fans we could see how it works because people just read poaching and it's at least, you know, you start thinking the uh, gears start turning and you assume one thing or the other. The back-to-back of him getting fired because of poaching and the speculation that he may be going to WWE could not have went worse for this man. Could not have went worse because everyone's thought, oh my God, he's trying to poach for WWE. And ultimately, that is not the case, as Dave reported. And you you got to read the diatribe that came with that because it's the longest. And, and, and no ever. power driver finisher. I will not repeat all of that. I had to break down the whole Rock, Roman, Cody t- oh, timeline from this week. I had to break down the, the Vince Man allegations, but that was longer than all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know why it's longer? Because everything else is pretty public knowledge already. And this all of them, not. all of them have reports where I can pronounce all the names. That's also true. That's also true. Uh rewind it back. <laughs> you yeah. it. Rewind it back. Yeah, if you want to hear it all good, rewind it back or uh, go subscribe to the observer. That's also a lot easier. So poor SP3 doesn't have to read it again. Um <laughs> overall, like now that everything's calmed down and I've had a chance to breathe, which is nice, by the way. I I I slept last night. It was really cool. Um this is actually very exciting. Like I that's my twist on this is that this is actually more exciting for the scene than just stardom doing what they've done and Ogawa kind of just sitting back and letting Bushiroad control decisions and so on and so forth. Uh, Because Rossi has already proven many times over that he's probably the best booker for Joshi Wrestling. Period. Like he he did it all Japan Women's. He helped out there. He made his own company, RCM, which didn't last a long time. And of course, stardom he made into what is now this gigantic promotion. Um, and now he's gonna take control again. And I think it'll be interesting to see because one of the tidbits in the Tokyo Sports article, which I think does have some importance long term. That he was like, listen, I'm okay with leaving in two years' time. Let's do a 15th anniversary show together, right? Like, he he has yet to be like, and Okada in many ways was like that too. It's just the poaching part. They're like, we gotta, we gotta get rid of this guy. So, as much as they buried him on the way out, I could see like in two years' time things being different and you see these two crossing over because that's how wrestling works in Japan. Right? Like bad things will happen, but long term things come back together. I know a lot of people have made the uh, Noah comparison, which is very funny. Um, it, it's probably not going to be exactly like that, but uh, I did get a laugh out of that. And there's still a lot, there's a lot to go into here. I feel like I've talked about it 70 times this week. But uh, what is your take on the Joshi side rather than the insane wwe side that i still don't really know how to attack um as far as like the joshi side i think that creating a 
new kind of alternative to your TJPWs, to your Sendai girls, to your stardom, and having someone who has that reputation, it is the equivalent of like the wild fantasy booking that I used to hear here in the early aughts of Paul Heyman going to TNA. Like, like that, that, that yeah. would be the equivalent of Rossi Ogawa yeah. or Paul Heyman after ECW decided to start his own promotion. That's basically yeah. the equivalent. That's why, like, when all the rumors about the WWE, I immediately made the comparison and said that he's the Japanese or this generation's Paul Heyman, because that sounds like more of what Paul Heyman was doing of he wanted his promotion to be successful. He wanted it to stand on his own, but he wasn't. Adverse to working with WWE or taking right. some money from WWE or sh yeah. are pushing talent to go to WWE because they were the better option to him than WCW. WCW yeah. in this case being an AEW. So I was just I was just reading the tea leaves, but learning yeah. all this information here, it just it really is like you said. It just feels <laughs> like we're gonna get a new kind of vibrant promotion that is gonna yeah. have some of the main stars from Stardom that are loyal to Rossi to start off. Mm -hmm. Like notably, here's the difference between Rossi and Paul Heyman. Rossi's gonna pay the talent. That is true. <laughs> that's the biggest difference in the entire world uh and I, I think that's one of the fun parts of this is everyone's like oh how's he gonna how's he gonna pay for it? i was like uh he sold his company to a major corporation and has had a paycheck for the past five years i think he probably has some money uh which of course was confirmed by dave multi-millionaire he said yep. um so i think it's it's really exciting though because it's going to be <laughs> Joshi Global Force Wrestling got me. Uh, it's going to be a second option that Joshi is desperately needed. I know some people love TJPW, but that is a acquired taste, as I like to call it. For every Milia Masha versus Masha Slamovich match, it's great from that promotion. You get a lot of like, what what the hell am I watching along the way? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. like TJPW. I know to to pop in for like Summer Princess. I know yeah. to pop in if 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 Yamashita or Makiito yes. or Mizuki <laughs> have a big main event matchup. But I'm not clocking in like as much as even like I clock, and I don't clock in that much on Stardom. But I clock in a lot more than I do yeah. on TJPW. Exactly. So like this is the second promotion that needs to challenge Stardom. It's like it's. It's in a way, it's not like AEW to WWE, but it kind of is. It's like stardom got so comfortable the past year or so. We saw it. Like the booking was crazy. Some great, many great matches and many great moments, but they got comfortable. Now there's someone's going to challenge them. It just happens to be themselves. And whoever goes over, we know Julia is for the time being, however long that is, whether it be till the And the, the whole year. Julia part of the story that I didn't mention here. Of, oh, uh, the Julia of getting her title observer, taken away from her? The one that pisses me off the most? Yeah. Besides observer, Mayu. Who was, who was it that she faced from Ice uh, Ribbon? Mayu Kihi. So she, they, they, Bushi World wanted her to reverse her because they viewed it as a grudge match, but uh -huh. Julia didn't really want to face her, according to the report. Uh, but she did it anyway, and they had to book it as like a, basically a draw because the women did not get along. And right. that upset Bushi Road that she did not want to do that match so much that they told Rossi to take the title off of her. So, like, 
we remember we did a whole bunch of coverage for last year's all-star grand queendom with you scott we're coming out of the show when we did the review i was just stunned i was like why did julia lose (laughs) like we've been dealing with like two straight years of a year-long champion and this was a girl that like it felt like she also deserved that year-long title run and she lost it after like three four months Mm -hmm. nastiness like when that report was confirmed, because you, you hear things once in a while, like especially back then when that happened, it was like, Tam now? Like Tam eventually makes sense, but now winning it and taking it from Julia, Julia, who's been built up for two years to have this title reign, just awful. That that is the mo that is the worst decision Bushiro made. Period. End of story. Yeah. Besides pissing off Rossio Gao, I think that might hurt them. Uh, <laughs> but but then there's the decision of putting Micah on top, which made sense. Like that yeah. made sense. So it's like there's two ways to look at it. But the Julia one's far more egregious to me that it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And it has a sen- it essentially sent her out of the company, which makes it all the much all the more worse. Like she she isn't a difficult person to deal with from what I know. She's very game to do a lot of things. She just doesn't have a good relationship with this person. And her 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 reasoning was great. I'm the world champion. This is the world title. Why the fuck are we doing a grudge match? I just had a with, grudge match with Susan Exactly! <laughs> like the same story! It did not make any sense. And I remember no. I was not watching the in-between shows. Like I just watched <laughs> that. That was like that first match I was watching after watching Susan Suzuki versus Julia. And I'm just like, who is he? Who is she? I never heard of her. And why is she versus Julia for the top title? And why is this like the third from the top of the card, too? It wasn't even uh-huh. the main event of the show. It was because nastiness. of the finish. Yep. It was it's just mm, it's so frustrating to look back on. And there's decisions that date back to 2022 with Bushi Road, but it got worse in 2023. Yeah. Like it, it got full on, like, hey, you have to change the champion and stuff like that. And that's that's where you get it. Um, and that's why, like, it's it's very exciting because listen, here's the reality, in my opinion. Rossi eventually is going to have a few one two three top star like it for him to succeed it's going to take two that's it that's all he needs because there's a million freelancers out there there's a million other wrestlers out there that he can bring over with him it just takes two and mayu yutani's gonna be one eventually she couldn't be more locked in to be one it's just a matter of when her contract's up and she happens to have a movie coming out. So yeah. it, it, it's a funny situation where Bushi Road can't like send her down the card because obviously she doesn't want to be there. I think it's just pretty obvious. Like her one tweet said everything to me. She's like, I, I can't say anything right now. Like she was like, I don't even want to talk about this right now. She was feeling depressed. Uh, That's not the person you're pissing off. That is not the person you want to piss off. It's um, a bad look. It's a bad that look. Re- that relationship is closer than most. Like loyalty in pro wrestling is a funny thing to talk about sometimes, but that loyalty is real. Um, she so. is she is staying to to stardom's WCW. Like mm-hmm. she is the, the person that stuck around when everybody yeah. else left, when everybody else went to the competition or went to the Icon US. Icon is a fitting nickname, isn't it? 
Yes, it is. It definitely <laughs> is. But I want to thank Scott for uh, talking about that, uh, you know, getting some more perspective from the Joshi world in regards to the whole Rossi Agawa firing from uh, Bushi Road. Do you have any any questions for him, Josh? Learn a little bit more? No, no, because um, that's interesting to hear you guys talk about it just because, like, Someone like me, I'm on the outside. I'm on the outside looking in, so mm-hmm. I don't know about all that stuff. I guess the only thing I have, right, when they mentioned the whole poaching thing, like, is that accurate? Like, is that like a real thing, or was that something that they just don't? I don't want to say made up, but like, yeah, is the, like, is it uh, something they did to just save face in the situation? My my mind here is is that a lot of talent may have told Bushiro, hey. We're not going to resign. And you start to connect dots, and they're like, wait a minute. Rossi said they asked him. Obviously, New Japan slash Bushi Road's going to say he asked them. There is a middle ground here of it could easily be both. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I'm sure there's talent that asked him. Ultimately, like there's talent like, hey, if we don't want to do this anymore. Like this place is not what you created let's go but you know once that was decided he could have always been like hey i'm i'm heading out you know if you you want to you want to come but like poaching made him look bad and that's the exact phrase they work so either way it worked for them even if it's not true and we'll never know that part right because we're lucky to get as much info as we have out of there this is a lot for japan absolutely And just them using that term is so yeah. unlike a Japanese promotion. So that's why I kind of caught my eye. But yeah, that's why I was a little because like, even someone like me, that's why I was like, damn, like where where is this coming from? Yeah. But then like the next day, like where there was like follow-up reports about, you know, like he was already pending to leave and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. That's where like more of the details started coming out. So that's why I was like wondering, like, hmm, what's what's legit, what's not, like, what's mm-hmm. accurate, what's not accurate in the situation. Yeah. Uh, I guess it just sounds like to me, maybe like you know, again, they were taking over. He didn't like the direction, and he already decided he was gonna leave. And then they just beat him to the punch, like, oh, we're just gonna let you go, and they write their own statement, like they wanted to strange. control control the narrative. Yeah, it's pretty shitty, but it's like, yeah. unfortunately, when you put yourself in a situation like that, you know, it's like yeah. it's never a it's never a win win. They they can't hurt him that much because he's yeah. kind of like bulletproof in the Joshi side of things. Like it would be one thing if it was like someone leaving New Japan, right? If it was like yeah. Gato leaving New Japan, they'd probably destroy that poor guy. Um, and SP, SP3 does every week, so it's fine. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 would, I would probably be writing up the statement. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sure you already have it. Ready, like, anytime they give you a call, hey, you got that statement? Oh, I've had it ready, buddy. I think it's on my docs. Let me, let me look it up. I got uh, bullet points of why this has to happen. Pre-draft. I was like, it was already pre-draft. I got it right here. Yeah, pre-draft. Uh, Scott. Can you stick around as we go into the converse real quick? I'm here. 
Sounds good. Uh, we do have a super chat donation here before we wrap things up there. As uh, Will Chisholm, thank you so much once again, Will. He says, if we look at the old interview, Rossi uh, does have a weird thing for WWE. So how long will it take for WWE to try to work with him with the Julia stuff? Um, I have a feeling, like I said, I, I told Scott this and I'll tell you guys <laughs> on air. I have friends who work within WWE through to my relationship. And when I asked them, they said like, oh yeah, it's like common knowledge that Rossi has a relationship of some kind with WWE mm -hmm. dating back to like the May Young classic. They did mm -hmm. not confirm that he was going there. They did not confirm that they work with him. They're not confirm he gets money, but they said there is some type of relationship there. So I would not be surprised if his new company works in a similar fashion as stardom has worked as far as his affection and adoration for wwe i've said this before when like the wwe stardom stuff had originally come out the only world where i think it would work is if they're sending nxt talent there to get trained up because i think that would do the world of good it's going the other way that i'm scared of that i don't like at all right it's like i don't need to see the stardom or whoever talents now go to NXT. Like that's not part of it. Like I'm I think WWE would benefit so much for sending their talent on excursion. Oh, I yeah. say this for AEW too. Um I think any the reason the best wrestlers in the world are the best wrestlers in the world is because they have worldwide experience, right? It that's why Brian Danielson's better than everyone else. That's why Zack Sabre Jr. is better than everyone else. It's because they have gone everywhere and learned the craft everywhere. The, the newer generation, so many of them are signing early. And that's fine. Hey, go get your money. I would do the same thing. I mean, what am I kidding? Uh, but I think getting to experience, it's like when Dempsey went to NXT, uh, not NXT, All Japan, I was like, I know Regal was like, listen, this is what I did. I want you to go do the same. And they need longer tours there, though, not a yeah. week, you know, but we'll see. We'll see. I think there, there's always possibilities, right? Like there's and and with the May Young Classic, I mean, how many stardom wrestlers are in that it was Kyrie, Tony Storm, Dakota Kai had worked with uh, Dakota Kai. Right? Yeah. yeah like, literally, literally, if you look at that, the first two May Young Classics, it's like, yeah, it, I, I mean, it makes sense. 50 percent stardom. Like, ultimately, it makes sense. Like why that would happen? It's because there's so many wrestlers, and you're trying to get them into this special tournament, which was really cool at the time. Um, it's actually a shame they stopped doing those. Uh, but so I, I get it. I get it. It's like who, who's the one like that is the easiest talking point to get to all of these? But you know, we'll see. There's, there's a lot to happen in the next. I keep giving it a two-year span. For Joshi right now. This isn't a March like a lot of people think it is. This is a let's see when contracts come up next year as well. Because not every not every wrestler in this roster is losing their contract on March 31st or whatever. Just like not every New Japan talent is going out of their contract on January 31st. I like but the New Japan was the one under fire, by the way. Can we get back to that? 
Let's go into the converse as we had a hot AEW Dynamite on Wednesday. Unfortunately, the rating did not come out hot as he did 805,000 viewers for one of the best episodes of Dynamite in a very long time. That featured Swerve Strickland and Hangman Adam Page putting on another instant classic 30-minute epic that featured fantastic in-ring action, callbacks to their previous bouts, and ended in a draw. Post-match swerve was denied five more minutes by Hangman Adam Page because Hangman didn't want Swerve uh, to be the AEW world champion and he can't be number one contender if he didn't beat him. However, Tony Schiavone announced via Tony Khan that Samoa Joe will defend the AEW world title against Hangman and Swerve at AEW Revolution on March 3rd. Timeless Tony Storm beat Red Velvet with her new finisher, Break a Leg, aka an ankle lock, with Deanna Parazza on commentary post-match. Deanna confronted Storm when she didn't release the hold before Tony bailed. Blackpool Combat Club defeated Team CMLL in a super fun trios match after Claudio low-blowed Hechicero for the win. Post-match, more luchadors came out uh, of the crowd to surround BCC until Team AEW came down to make the save. Konosuke Takeshita beat Chris Jericho with the walls of Jericho after Don Callis popped Jericho with the screwdriver and Sting and Darby Allen defeated Ricky Starks and Big Bill in a great main event tornado tag to win the AEW World Tag Team Championships in a great moment. Sting celebrated with his sons as well as Darby or all three of his sons, if you take me into account, until the Young Bucks attacked uh, from from behind with white bats and bloody Darby Allen. Uh, Allen's blood was stained on the Young Bucks all white suits as they beat down the Sting family to end the show in an outstanding closing angle. Josh, any thoughts on the closing angle, Sting and Darby winning the titles, or anything else that happened on this jam-packed dynamite? No, it was great. I love the the closing angle. It was great. Especially if they were wearing the white suits. They were like kicking ass in the white suits and it all made sense. They just looked like freaking uh, they were beating up uh, and his brother like in Casino. That was great. Very nice. Very nice reference. Uh, what about you, Scott? You mentioned earlier Hangman and Swerve. But what did you think about the main event angle as well as Hangman and Swerve? Uh, I think this is the most interested I've been in the Young Bucks since. I don't even know. I like I. This is like they're doing so good in this. Like so yeah. good in this angle. And the new succession-themed music is just the cherry on top as a, <laughs> oh, yeah. as, as a super fan of that show. And, like, I'm pretty sure that Sting is going to have maybe the greatest possible last match a 60-plus-year-old man can have because of how they're doing this. Uh, that match, by the way, to crown them as champions was great. Big Bill, my guy! MVP of the match. I said that on Thursday. MVP of the match. Yeah. I thought the show was great. Um, I really wish the viewership proved that, but I don't really care about that all that much. Like, I had a great time. And I think that's what this Answer this question. It was one match that did have a big drop on this show. And I give you one guess who it was. 
The demo god, baby. A, a four and a quarter star, man. God damn it! I wanted to pull up with a I fucking hated that gun much. to California <laughs> and tell Dave Meltzer, "Give me your fucking stars, motherfucker! You gave that match four and a quarter. Four Did he rank it higher than Trick? Which I don't know how. I mean, Dragonoff got four stars. How did that get four? I was like, yo, give me the fucking stars. Give me the fucking stars, G. Maybe like, he missed no. a star. No, because it's pretty obvious. You are a fan of Chris Jericho. Okay, we get it, Dave. You don't need to rate all these bum-ass matches where I literally got texts after the fucking match. Why is Konosuke Takeshita wrestling himself? Someone actually texted me that. And that's a match you gave four and a quarter fucking stars to? He rated the main event the same as that. <laughs> what do you give uh, Hangman Swerve? I knew match. I knew what he rated it. By the way, I just wanted that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, <laughs> god Thank you like, for that. It's like, why? Just don't do it anymore. Just don't do it. Like, this is the only thing we go to you for. I said it earlier. We go to Sean Ross for reports. We go to other people for entertainment. We only go to you for the stars. So at least be close to accurate. Jesus. Yeah. When I saw four and a, I, when I saw four and a quarter, I was like, well, in what universe? I thought I watched a different match. <laughs> I seriously. Like, I, gave I, like, it, what, what I gave it two watching? and a quarter, I think. I gave it three and a quarter, and I thought I was being generous. I mean, this man, this man found an <laughs> extra star in that. Like, where? He did. Oh, man. I would love to ask him, like, hey, why did you give this this? Like, just tell me. Oh, my God. I, I, need, I needed that. So, thank you. Thank you, Scott, for reminding I, I'm happy I could help. I'm just here to <laughs> rile up the cage a little bit, you know. Just, just shake it up. Listen, I, I, I did it a few weeks ago when I got, I, I missed a half a quarter on a match because of a headbutt. So, it's fine. There you go. You should know. Uh, but only fifty, uh, which was only a half better than Jericho and Takeshita somehow. So, love it. Um, we got to talk about the other big news from Dynamite this week as AEW is set to return to Boston. Hmm, interesting. Uh, next month, as they announced on Wednesday morning, Ticketmaster revealed tickets go on sale at the end of the week. AEW Dynamite heads to TD Garden on March 13th. The tickets go on sale today, well, this morning, actually. However, this website removed it because it spoiled what was Tony Khan's big announcement on the show that AEW Big Business will be the show on March 13th for AEW Dynamite. Khan noted that the show will be one of the most important nights ever in AEW and a night that the entire wrestling industry will remember. Of note, the graphic for the show has a dollar sign in the word business. It also has the two uh, the two S's in Boston with the dollar sign in the background, which looks like a 
a strong indication that Mercedes Monet will be debuting at the show. Following the announcement, Fightful Select reports that Monet has been signed to the company since at least early January. According to the report, Monet reached an agreement with AEW around the time that her talks with WWE fell through. The report speculates that this is probably why WWE was open to acknowledging that their negotiations with no Monet had ended, and there was discussion about announcing or debuting uh, Monet on Dynamite, but instead it was decided to pass on that and announce the TV Garden show, and there were several possibilities discussed for how to handle it, but the February 7th show announcement and the March 13th date has been set for several weeks. Of note, NJPW sources have said that they do expect to be able to continue working with Monet and have told the outlet that, that it has been discussed. So I will ask you, since you're close in Boston, will you be there? And two, what do you think AEW, what do you predict AEW does for Mercedes Monet's big debut? Try to get try to get media to get there. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I I hope to be there. My plan is to be there. I, I don't want to miss Mercedes. AEW's always a catch twenty two with their goddamn media. <laughs> I know, I know, but not enough people are in Boston, so I feel like this is my chance. Um, it's very exciting because AEW has signed, in my opinion, the greatest women's wrestler in North American history to their to their company. To change everything. This doesn't just change the women's division. This changes everything this company's made up of. You know why? Because she's probably going to be the highest paid talent on that damn roster. That means you gotta focus on her, which means you gotta focus on the women's division. It's they and they've been doing a really good job in the lead up to this. I want to give them credit. This isn't but this, this isn't but- but well, like, like I, I said, I said this yesterday on uh, Sports Keto Wrestling. I'll say it here: people need to stop jumping on my bandwagons late. I've been saying they've been improving this division since after All Out last year. Yeah, the, the steps were there. Yep. It all started there. The steps were made, Absolutely. and now we're at a point where more people is actually acknowledging it. And I'm proud of y'all for finally getting on the bandwagon. But I've been here. I built this bandwagon. They've been doing this for a while. A, yeah. a lot of people have been making it seem, and the reason I jumped in is because the way you said it, it makes it seem like they're only doing this because they got Mercedes. No, but no, no. This is something no. they've been yeah. doing before that. Before her, absolutely. I think they've, if anything, they've just heightened it even more. Like, they yeah. were doing really good, doing really good, and now it's kicked into that next gear that I don't think it should be changing now. I think yeah. we're here. Like, I think we're locked in, and... There's a lot of exciting matches for Mercedes Monet in this company. Obviously, Athena, I think, is at the top of the list for me just because of the work Athena's put in over the past two years in this company. Uh, Jamie Hayter, when she comes back, obviously. Though, I do have to say one thing. Time's up for Timeless Tony Storm. I'm sorry. Hope she enjoyed having that belt. Hope she kept it warm because... uh, you don't take a long time with Mercedes Monet. No, 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 no. Oh no, I, I'm I'm thinking like uh like all out this year, that, or or all in, all in or all out. I think. You think uh, it takes that, that long to get her the title? 
Yeah, because I think that they the first feud should be against the standard bearer of the star. Because this is what they're not just getting one of the best workers, they're getting the biggest star they've ever had in the women's division. So she needs to face the other big star that they've made in the women's division. And I think it should be a Triple H Undertaker 2011 situation of debut of Mercedes gets interrupted by the return of Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. You know what I've really enjoyed? Dr. Britt Baker not being around. I, I, <laughs> hey, you can be you. You can feel that way. I don't care. Um, I mean, it makes sense. It definitely makes sense. Uh, because I don't know who else it would be unless you put her right into the title picture, which again, which I don't think they should do. Wouldn't be crazy. No, it, it would not be crazy because Mercedes Monet in her first stop before going to AEW did exactly that. Well, to be fair, she was in a promotion that did not have any women's matches other than well, the that's, that, okay, well, that, that that's also true. But you know. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, I, I like the fact that there's so many different options for Mercedes at this point. Uh, Josh, I wanted to ask you, do you think we're only getting Mercedes on March 13th? Because big business opens the door. For other people that are associated with business or money or maybe possibly making it rain in Boston. Do you think when we get an all-out 2021 scenario of potentially Okada debuting on that show as well? I'm going to uh, throw a Hail, Hail Mary and say, yeah. Say, fuck it. Let's let's do it. Unless if he shows up at Revolution, I don't know. Hey, we gonna be there. So, so we, I, I'm kind, I'm kind of hoping for Okada at Revolution and Mercedes in, in Big Misses. That's what I'm. Yeah, yeah, because because we haven't heard much since, right? We haven't heard much, right, from Okada yet. Yeah. Even though I think the most I've heard that he's leaning with AEW, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know, but that's what a lot of people are expecting. Uh, but yeah, uh, especially the way Tony promoted that, like. It's like probably need somebody else, but if you have Mercedes, I think that's fine. Um, it's a great move for her, regardless of what Eric Bischoff wants to say about it. Um, she already proved she's a draw. Uh, yeah. pre sale yesterday did over 4,000 in pre sales, right? And then I think within the night before eight o'clock, it went up to 4,500. So, I mean, that alone is selling the show. And they're not, they didn't even announce that it's her. They they already know. So they, it's kind of like a Punk, remember the CM Punk situation where CM Punk technically wasn't announced, but because of everything that was surrounding and then like, oh, we're doing it at the United Center. It was kind of obvious. So they're, they're doing the same thing. And I actually like it. I actually like the fact that they're doing that. I, I just want to say here, I think it as someone who obviously lives in this area, um, it's going to be very interesting because no one is punk in Chicago. I think Mercedes Monet is a gigantic star, but no one is punk in Chicago. So doing this strategy is very ballsy by them, but I think it's going to pay off. They may not get the exact sellout, but I think they're going to easily get over the 10,000, which is really yeah. what their goal should be. It, it shouldn't be sell, but it's going to be loud. It's going to be awesome. And I think they're going to deliver more than Mercedes Monet. 
I have that feeling as well. We do have uh, Bell in the chat. It says nothing should be bigger than Sting's debut uh, retirement. Bell, they unless they have John Cena debuting at that company, Okada's debut is not going to be bigger than Sting's retirement. Yeah, it's not. And, but is there it, will any, be, yeah. it will be something else to remember from the show mm-hmm. if they yeah. have the Okada debut. Yeah, yeah. it's not going to be bigger. Um, because thing it's already set in stone, like that. Th- this is his night, this is his show, just like that's gonna be the main event. If, so, if that's Okada already de- if I kind of debuted at WrestleMania, his debut is not gonna be bigger than The Rock, it's just not, <laughs> it's gonna be, yeah, and that tells you a lot, uh, yeah. but. Uh, as previously noticed, Sting and Darby Allen became new tag team champions. Uh, Fightful Select had a report about that, that this is not something that Sting wanted. The icon was said to be adamant against not only winning, not only not winning uh, the titles, but even wrestling for them. Some in AEW believe that since Sting and Darby were undefeated as a team, that they should have a shot long before they did. The decision to make them champions was made far in advance of Wednesday night show, and Sting went along with it and he was said to be all smiles backstage after the show even getting his ass kicked by the young buck so yes, shows you how happy he was yo his sons look very much they, like they like, look like young surfer sting and end of yes. yeah that's exactly yo they yo that was pretty scary that was pretty wild and then they, and then they got their asses beat too <laughs> they sold pretty well too uh, <laughs> <laughs> Going over very quickly, Rampage and Collision from this past week. Uh, Rampage last night, you had the Undisputed Kingdom beating Orange Cassidy, Trent Beretta, and Rocky Romero in a good trios opener. Post-match, uh, the Undisputed Kingdom attacked Rocky Romero with the end of heartache on a pair of open chairs. Uh, you had Willow Nightingale and Chris Statlander beat the Outcast after Ruby left Soraya hanging. Uh, post-match, uh, you had TBS champion Julia Hart and Sky Blue come out for a confrontation with Willow and Stat. Mystico pulled out a win over yeah. Dell. Finally, CMLL picks up a win. Uh, and the Young Bucks debuted brand new music and defeated a pair of jobbers with the EVP triggers as they wrestled in their bloody suits. And then they uh, post-match, they congratulated Sting and Darby Allen and informed the fans they suffered injuries in their title win. Uh, Bucks said that they were determined to climb the rankings in competitive matches like they just saw and beat Sting and Darby for the AEW World Tag Team titles. However, Tony, Sh- Tony Khan then announced that Matt Thiel and Nicholas Jackson will burst top flight on Wednesday. Wednesday's Dynamite. Then we go back to last Saturday's Collision. They did 404,000 viewers. The show featured Brian Danielson versus Hesha Zero in a tremendous technical wrestling masterclass that served as a showcase for Hesha Zero's unique style in the ring. Post-match, Hesha Zero attacked Brian until Claudio Castanoli made the save. Daniel Garcia and FTR beat Christian Cage and the Patriarchy post-match. Garcia made his attention known for the TNT Championship. Serena D beat Queen Amanada in a nice hard-hitting affair. And while Eddie Kingston defeated Brian Keefe in a banger of an opening matchup, post-match Tony Schiavone announced that BK had officially signed and was hashtag all elite with the graphic. Kingston hugged uh, hugged Keith until Brian Danielson came out to ignore Kingston and raise BK's hand. A lot of great action between these two shows, but 
Brian Danielson versus Hesse Zero. It's been a long time since I watched the match and then instantly became a mark for somebody. But that's what happened when I watched Hesse Zero <laughs> in this match. I became a mark for him. The GOAT, Hesse Zero. Are you, are you a Hesse Zero mark now, Scott? Oh, I have been. Come on. Come on. I'm a CMLL uh, is this true? fighter in the streets out here. Um, Mystico's my guy. Don't get me wrong. Mystico does the minimum and gets over with everyone. It's awesome. He, This guy was wrestling on Rampage, and he was down on the ground after Seidel like, kicked him, and he was clapping to get the crowd in. And I was like, that's my guy! Uh, he's the only one undefeated, by the way, from I, I do, I do love how he works like a Looney Tunes character in that he <laughs> has to like run in place before he picks up speed to pull yep. on the turbo. I yeah. love that I, about Mexico. <laughs> I, I, I also like the fact that the whole Sincaro thing hasn't left like a bad niche yeah. on him. So that it's been nice to see he's been like ever since he went back to that, like we kind of know what the guy could do. Yeah. He uh D- Dave said this a few months ago, but like there's probably no singular person that sold more tickets in the past like year in pro wrestling than Mystico because he sells out Arena Mexico pretty much every Friday. Um but yeah, Hetrosero's the man, huh? He awesome. yep. he's awesome. <laughs> he's awesome. He's humongous. He he's he does he does things like a luchador, and then he's like this technical, crafty guy that's doing these things that I've never seen before. But it's the leg like guillotine thing that he does yes. that really yes. got me. Yo, that shit on Brian, that shit had me scared. Yeah. That shit had me scared. When he landed that shit, I was like. Oh, please, we just got Brian back. We only got Brian for a year. Like, what are we doing? But, oh, my God, that matchup. I was just, like, blown away. When, when you watch his matches now, you're going to do the thing he does with, like, the arms. Just be like, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to be I'm gonna be playing with fire. Like, in a, in a report yeah. coming out, uh, coming out of this week's uh, collision and uh, rampage, the Wrestling Observer newsletter uh, reports kind of what we were talking about earlier that everybody's going through drama, but AEW over here, and apparently, Wrestling Observer reports that the morale backstage in AEW has improved in recent weeks and is said to be the best in some time. It was noted that morale is still up, even though the rating for Wednesday's stacked episode of Dynamite was universally disappointing. Um, I mean, like I always say, the rating for this week is not an indication of this week. It's an indication of last week. And the last two weeks before this week, were not the best shows for AEW. They were on the weaker side, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think that affected this week's show, despite them stacking it up. I think next week's show will be up. Yeah. Usually it tends to happen a lot with AEW. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, the last thing in the Converse, ROH TV, the show featured Athena making her return to gain a measure of revenge on Nyla Rose, uh, putting her through a table. That segment was preceded by Billy Starks getting a win over Ariana Thorne. However, Athena cut a promo backstage to end the night, to end the show, but was attacked by Nyla, who got revenge and put her through a table. And then we had the four-way where Commander picked up a win over Jack Cartwheel, uh, AR Fox, and Willie Mack 
in a uh, four-way action in the main event. So good stuff from ROH TV. I love the Athena and Nyla Rose. They're doing really good stuff right now. I wouldn't even mind Nyla Rose beating her for the Ring of Honor <clears throat> women's title. So Athena can actually come up to AEW. Again. All right, that's fair. No, you got yeah, me. That's, that's, the only, that's the only reason. That's the only reason. <laughs> I, I literally know now, like I've been told by people in AEW, that's the reason why Athena, they literally, it's like it's like the, the ROH belt is a harness keeping her attached to Ring of Honor TV. Nastiness. It's all it's almost you know, you know, here's this crazy thing though. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. Eddie Kingston's the Ring of Honor world champion. He's on AEW all the time. But you see, they did a whole tournament to give him an AEW title. He was so, on... so they could use him. Okay, then it's time to cheat. We uh, <laughs> Just give, give her a fake belt. I don't care. Give her a replica. If I do a woman's continental classic, I want to see a woman's continental crown. What, listen, once Mercedes Monet's there, you got, you. yeah, do it. Possibilities I'm all, are endless. I'm all for it. Uh, very quickly, going over to NJPW, they had the road to new beginning this week. Bullet Club War Dogs defeated Catch 2-2 in a very good tag team main event to win the IWGP uh, Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles back. Post-match, the War Dogs laid out United Empire to send a message before the tomorrow's Steel Cage matchup. David Finley picked up a win over uh, Callum Newman. You also had Great O'Conn. He picked up a win over Alex Coglin in a set of preview matches ahead of the cage match. But that paled in comparison to what is an early candidate for NJPW's match of the year where Gabe Kidd and Hanare beat the ever-loving shit out of each other for over 20 minutes and a superb, hard-hitting belter in front of a hot Kurgan Hall crowd that ended in a double knockout, a must-watch in every way possible. Did you see it yet, Scott? I did. I, um... You know, it's funny. I don't actually like these two guys, but I appreciate when you beat the shit out of each other and i was watching this and i was like this is what the never open weight title supposed to be what are we doing here folks it's time it's time to you know make that belt uh what it's supposed to be and it's been that way for a long time um hanare is like he's very interesting because he's kind of he's gotten a lot better I yeah, didn't, I'm not a huge bit fan of him, but I cannot deny the past two years he's put on some bangers. Him well, and Shingo, know, him and Ishii, and then this one. Yeah, yeah. He's he's uh surprising me. I think that's the best way to say it. Gabe Kid, I've seen I've seen him be great before. Uh that match with Eddie Kingston, like on Strong once upon a time when they were still doing the TV show. That was the first time he like really opened my eyes. I was like, oh shit, this this kid might be good. Um they're gonna be good pieces for this company's future, um, one way or the other. And I think that's what's very exciting when you see a match like this and you you see them get the time to shine. That that's what these road two shows should be about, especially now with Okada on his way out. Yeah, but we never get this quality on road no. two. But ironically enough, this is now twice Hanari has done this because his five star, mm -hmm. five and a in a quarter or whatever star rating. Which you obviously completely agree with. Another one that I did not agree with, and he was at least a half a star short, a uh, uh, half a star higher than what it should have got. But besides the point, 
Uh, New Japan News, uh, they had announced that Satoshi Kojima, the new MLW heavyweight champion, suffered an injury and was off the February 8th and 9th shows after suffering an MCL injury. Uh, And also, they announced for Sapporo, which we will be previewing in about two weeks' time, Mayu Iwatani will defend the (laughs) IWGP Women's Championship against Mina Shirakawa. Mina Shirakawa on NJPW show. My wishes have come true. Yeah, I I think it's very interesting seeing Mina on a New Japan show. I think a lot of people are gonna love her. I think it's gonna be very cool for her. Um, again, all this timing is very funny. I don't think Rossi was holding them back from being on New Japan shows, like people want to say. Uh, I just think it's I just think like timing wise, Tanahashi taking power, Okada being in now both offices. Uh, I thought that was going to be what ultimately got them back on here. So it's nice to see, finally. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, and then uh, then we had TNA Impact this week. The show featured Alex Shelley defeating Eddie Edwards in the main event. Post-match, there was a brief brawl between the system, Shelley, Kevin Knight, and Kushida. Uh, the babyface is standing tall in the end after a great dive by the Jet. You also had Jordan Grace and Trinity beat Savannah Evans and Giselle Shaw in Trinity's final TNA matchup. Uh, Trinity uh, making a special entry. Special celebration with Jordan Grace at the end as well. And then you had Zachary Wentz. He picked up a win over Speedball. Mike Bailey post-match the Rascals jumped Speedball. But Trent Seven made his return to make the save. However, Steve Macklin jumped Seven from behind, which led into Nick Nemeth making the save. And the babyface is standing tall there. But let's be real. No one's talking about impact. TNA Impact episode this week. Everybody's talking about the news from TNA this week. As TNA Wrestling has announced that Anthony Susano, uh, Cicero, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, bro, uh, is the new president of the company, and Scott Demore's contract has been terminated. FIFO Select reports that talent and staff were told of the decision on Wednesday and are and were on a Zoom call discussing the issue. One talent said that they think Anthem wants the brand associated with them and not Demore. When asked, another talent said they could see that, but Demore saved TNA. The new uh, TNA wrestling president, Anthony Susano, uh, has issued a statement following his appointment to the position in Scott Demore's departure. The move was reportedly drawn negative reactions from multiple members of the roster as Demore was well-liked and considered synonymous with the brand. The new president uh, had a full statement that basically said that he was taking over the role and wanted to basically follow through on the goals of Anthem. PW Insider has had an an update on the departure of Scott Demore, according to the report, sources close to Anthem claim that there was nothing uh, malice uh, that happened in resulting in Demore's exit. And while it's still unclear why it's happened, there is said to be a belief that Anthem head Len Asper and Demore came to a crossroads and disagreed on how TNA should be moving forward. According to the report, Demore made an offer to buy TNA and wanting to kind of go in a different direction with the brand. And it was turned down by Anthem, which led into more into issues between the two sides. 
Blades. Apparently, Damore had an issue with the budget controls of Anthem. Uh, and basically, they noted of one instance where the company tried to sign Braun Strowman back in 20 uh, in 2021 when he was a free agent to come into Bound for Bound for Glory that year, and they were gonna call it Braun for Glory. But Anthem decided that his acting price was too high and didn't think he'd help business enough to make it make sense. Strowman eventually returned to WWE shortly thereafter. Another close, another source close said that uh, Damore wanted to use the company's recent success to build it back up. He wanted to sign bigger names, but Anthem once again didn't want to increase the budget. Anthem had reportedly even discussed lowering the budget, and there had been an issue with Demore wanting TNA to grow, while Anthem simply wanted a product for TV with a specific budget. What do you guys think, man? This is probably an even bigger shocker than Rossi. Uh, oh, Scott sure. Demore. Scott Demore was like, like I said, like Triple H did not represent the WWE well because he was the face of the company at the press conference. The face of TNA was not a wrestler. It was Scott Demore. So this was a huge shock. Wrestlers have talked about it, being upset. What do you think, Josh? Um, It was definitely shocking just because, like, we didn't hear anything. Like, it wasn't like there was any rumors or bad blood or that that we knew of. So when, when, so when it got announced, it was kind of random. I thought it was false because I saw it. The first time I saw it was in the chat. And then when I went... On social media, that's when I saw like the news, like oh shit, like, and to me it just it made me wonder what happened. That, I guess that was like, my first thought, like what the like what the fuck, what just happened? And then <clears throat> I guess like when the when more of the rumors started coming out, like more of the news. Um, apparently, he even had like a financial backer willing yeah. to buy TNA. Too? A reputable uh, financial institute was going to back him. Yeah, and they were willing to buy TNA, and I'm like, when I heard that, I think that's when I was like, yeah, once you start training those kind of waters, I kind of knew, like, I was like, oh, so now it kind of makes sense. I mean, it still sucks, but usually, like, when you're in that position and, you know, you're trying to do more to that extent, they usually just cut bait with you, so, yeah. I mean, when it comes to that situation, I mean, it sucks because, like, he was he really turned that brand around. Like he really yeah. was doing that. He really turned them around. He find found, you know, things to, you know, because like even TNA, like even changing the name, it's like, you know, it made them, you know, people are talking about it again in yeah. a good light. But yeah, definitely shocking just because it just came out of nowhere. Left field would be the, the app description here. Scott, what's your reaction to Scott Demore's uh, firing? And how do you think TNA will respond moving forward coming after this? TNA will respond in maybe the worst fashion possible. And it's that they want this promotion to be as cheap as humanly possible. It is a way to create content and nothing more to Anthem. And it always has been. It that's sucks. Disgusting. Yeah, that's disgusting. It sucks because there was so much excitement about TNA, especially after their first pay-per-view and their first TV show. Now, that's all gone. That's all gone. And it's I'm grateful. Gone, it's gone as fast as it came. Like, Yeah, yeah. I'm grateful I never had to see a 
uh, Nick Nemeth signs with TNA graphic, which means he's not stuck there. He can go anytime he pleases. Um, I, don't, I feel bad for a lot of other talent, though. There's a lot of talent that have put so much work into recrafting <laughs> Impact slash TNA over the past few years that watching Scott get fired probably is just demoralizing in many ways. It probably like ruins that. It, it probably hurts that fire a lot. And now yeah. it's they don't even have their booker anymore. Like their booker, their face. Chris Saban going to book now? Like Chris Saban's the only choice. He's the only one that's been there longer Saban than Saban or, or EY. EY's been working as yeah, a producer too. and on the creative team. Or Gail. Gail. Gail's probably Gail got the most experience. Too. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think that would actually be good. But still. Because I know Gail and Tommy were the ones that ran the meeting for talent after the mm. announcement. So I'm thinking that they're going to be kind of like the people kind of like are given the leadership roles. Yeah. yeah. Still sucks though. It does. Major. I agree with both of you guys. Uh, we do have a super chat donation from Chuck Berries. Thank you so much. He says, how about Mercedes Monet versus Serena Deeb? I am here for it. I just think that AEW has to be wise enough to realize Mercedes Monet is a baby face when she first comes in. Regardless of Mercedes Monet. And I agree. She's always been better as a heel. This crowd loves her. She cannot be anything I other do. than a baby face. I know I do. <laughs> I'm going to cheer her either way. But, yeah, uh, I think oh, that's an exciting matchup. There's a lot of exciting matchups. Like, that is that is what you were talking about, right, with the, the work that they've put in with this division. We have gotten to a point where it's so talented now that yeah. there's so many matches for her to have. However, I will say, this is a big money player. You're not just tossing her on TV shows. You make you make every match she has important until she's been around too long or something like that. Like, yeah, for six months she is a big money, big match player every single time. I agree, one thousand percent. And we got another super chat donation. Thank you so much, Christopher Kidd. He says a woman C two leading into double or nothing would be epic with Mercedes debut and returns of Jamie, Britt, Rosa, and Deep. Call up Athena and Starks. Add in Chris and Willow, Mariah, Julia, and Sky Blue. That's a stack field. Yeah, these are all major names, and it's not even adding in Chris and Willow. Chris and Willow, they got their own ongoing story with Stokely Hathaway, and now Julia Hart and, and Sky Blue is getting involved in that serena deeb is building up momentum with wins same with thunder rosa we don't know how long jamie hater is going to be out we don't know when brit's going to be back but these are all players that could be added in as well this division is so it's like a complete turnaround from where it was a year ago megan bain's coming too yep megan maybe Bain's coming maybe, she, she maybe even camille it, yo, it, it looks like freaking AEW about to pull off the sweep on WWE as far as the women's division. Like, they they get Julia, and then the rest of the field goes to AEW. They get Julia. AEW did well. Forever, by the way. Like, not even immediately. They get her <laughs> in a year, essentially. <laughs> After she learned some English words. Um, <laughs> she already knows. <laughs> you know, like, learn some more English, and then we'll, we'll call you over. Uh, but, yes, that is all that what we missed. And what a week of what we missed. So that brings us to Chrissy Love's favorite part of the show, Josh Scott. 
match of the week where you give us your or we give you our best matches from this past week and we are a lot more accurate than that man that needs to turn over the fucking stars um number number five for me this turn over the fucking stars yo um number five for me this week get a combo Sting and Darby versus Ricky and Big Bill from Dynamite. That was tremendous stuff. Uh, number four for me this week. Hmm. Got to think for a second. Number four for me. I'm actually going to go with the, um, yeah, the Axiom and Nathan Frazier versus Idris Anofe and Malik Blade tag team matchup. That was a lot of fun. Number three for me, Dragonoff versus Trick from uh vengeance day i think that was by far the best match on that show whoop that trick sorry whoop that trick number <laughs> two for me this week hanare versus gabe kid from road to new beginning but number one hangman versus swerve three the best trilogy aew has ever produced in my opinion josh your matches of the week um go over top three uh number three i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with trick versus uh dragon off uh, number two, I'm gonna go with <laughs> uh, number two. <laughs> number two, I'm gonna go with uh, the tag match the, uh, from AEW Dynamite. Uh, the tag match was I really enjoyed it. And then number one, obviously Hangman and Swerve three. And was that a double turn, by the way? It was. It was. I, I definitely say it's a double turn. Like. <laughs> I, I, I think that they should keep Swerve as he is, like an anti-hero. But Hangman, man, I, I love that he pulled off the veil. Because for weeks, he's been saying, oh, I want to be AEW world champion. And I was telling Jimmy, I was like, that dude's lying. That dude is obsessed with Swerve. He just doesn't want Swerve to be the champion. So for him to admit that after the match, mm. it was validation. I loved Love that. Swerve, by the way, Swerve's phenomenal. I didn't get to talk about that earlier, but he's just incredible uh i that that's a guy that i've been invested in for a long time like i remember when he uh, made his debut as i say a swerve scott in wwe and i was like this guy's a superstar he's much more than the the cruiserweight division and they screwed him up and they screwed him up and i was like all right you're gonna pay for this one and they did and that's what matters um i'm gonna do top three because like i said i kind of Oh, I, I'm sorry. I totally forgot that this was this week. Uh, just drop that tag match from NXT off my list. Brian and Hechicero is number three for me. Everything else goes oh, down. But drop yeah. that tag match from NXT. Brian and Hechicero was this week. So that's um, number three. I'm just going to say things from the weekdays this week because I, yeah. my brain does not compute <laughs> the weekend anymore. <laughs> um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Actually, uh, yeah, I'll go. The tag title match, Kaito Kiyomiya and Yuma Anzai from the Noah All Japan Korokin Hall show. That was great. And Check yeah, un unoriginal, but uh, Hangman and Swerve. Uh, hey, hey, <laughs> wait, what am I saying right louder in the back? What that trick? Trick. trick. I, sit, uh, I do it every time. Uh huh. Well, yeah. But yeah, that's so right. Got, Sorry, we got our boy, our boy Nate Wilton in the chat. It's a good show, brothers. My match of the week: Cody Devonte Rose versus Corporate of Oppression. We shall overcome. <laughs> Nate, we got to get you back on the show because you've been talking shit about Cody all week. Uh, but yes, 
We got a quick big final predictions for New Beginning in Osaka tomorrow morning. We're only predicting the top matches on the card, but you got the openers going to see Yo and Toriyanu going up against Rasuke Higuchi and Bolton Oglin. You're going to have tag team action as Bishamon versus United Empire's Great Okan and Callum Newman. You have uh, multi-man action as it's going to be Hontai, Shoto Aminu, El Desperado, Honma, and Tiger Mask versus House of Torture. Oh, joy. And a 10-man tag of Los Angeles that they have phone versus just five guys for the 451st time. But the official count. Yeah, that is the official count. 451. But for the 18th or 17th time, the final time in an NJPW ring, Kashika Okada will go one-on-one with Hiroshi Tadahashi. Scott. Who you got here in Okada versus Tadahashi, the finale? Uh, I just want to say, since I haven't been on the show since Okada announced he was leaving, this sucks, bro. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, but I, Okada's going to win because, of course, Okada's going to win. Why would Why would Okada put anyone over on the way out? Hey, he's going to put over one person. Okada wins this match. And then Kaito Kiyomiya comes out and slaps Bro, him in the face to set up Sapporo. That would be incredible. Kaito Okada 2. I am calling it here. I want you to be so right, but you're also going to get my hopes up. So I'm just going to expect the worst instead. <laughs> oh, man. Josh, who you got? No, I'm going to go with Okada. That is fair. That is fair. Tag team action. Tag team for grabs. IWGP World Tag Team Titles. El Desperado. I mean, excuse me. El Fantasmo and Hikaleo of the Gorillas of Destiny versus the Bullet Clubs. Kenta and Chase Owens. G.O.D. Better fucking win. Scott? Uh, I'll tell you who doesn't win. Us. Uh, This sucks. This is bad. Second time, too. Can't believe out of all the tag title matches to run back. Second time in two weeks. weeks. Oh, That's how we start off this run. Uh, this if run, G.O.D. Yeah. loses, then I think Gato's got to be arrested. <laughs> Josh, you got... I got G.O.D. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be putting Chase Owens in a, uh, with a title. No, 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 no. That ain't happening. This one yeah. I'm looking forward to so, so much. The sequel to their Russell Dream Instant Classic Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson. Two, Scott, who you got? Oh, this is Zack's time to shine. It's got to be the Zack win because you got to go for a trifecta down the line, right? You got to have the third one. Also love that Danielson still has the eye patch in his picture. I think that's amazing. Uh, But I can't wait for this. This is uh, Danielson in Japan again, man. I didn't think we would get a second time this quickly, let alone at all. Uh, You know, it's like... Oh, it's gonna be amazing. Gonna be amazing. Whole reason I will be up at 4 a.m. Uh Josh, who you got? Um, I'm gonna go with Zach Saber Jr. I'm gonna go with Zach to win, but I have been very specific about how I want him to win. He needs to win with the Zach driver. So Zach has yeah, always said for the, making him tap. No, you gotta <laughs> that's the third match. The third yeah. match needs to be a submission match. So you have to set it up of Brian beat Zach with the knee strike in the first matchup. Zach drops Brian on his head in the second match. They both can say, Zach can say, you only beat me because you used the strike. Brian can say, you only beat me because you dropped me on my head. Submission match is the only way to settle this. 
I actually like that. I actually I like that idea. And then finally, probably even more exciting than that match, five on five steel cage war games. United Empires, Will Ospreay, Jeff Cobb, Francisco Ikera, TJP, and Hanare versus Bullet Club, War Dogs, David Finley, Alice Coglin, Gabe Kidd, Clark Connors, and Jilla Maloney. Josh, who you got here? Oof. This is a good one. Uh, fuck, I go with United Empire. Scott, who you got? I think that this match has to end with the War Dogs leaving a essentially dead United Empire in the middle of the ring. Like, th- this is the time that they need to fully invest in the War Dogs. I'm sick of the interference before the matches. And, like, the brawls are great. Those are fine. That is part of their gimmick. But if they want this group to matter and click, they need to go all the way with them. And that is leaving them bloodied in the middle of the ring. I think poor Francesco Akira is either going to do something heroic or turn. And I'm leaning on trying to do something heroic, which is jump off a cage. Yeah, I think this is all this is leading to. The story has been centered around Akira. I think he gets the big moment jumping off the cage. And I think TJP gets the win for United Empire because I think that they are going to give Will Ospreay one final big win. This All this man's been doing is going out on his back. Give him one final big win because you're not putting him over you're putting his group over so they can continue after he leaves because we need them to win so Will can have an emotional speech, say goodbye to the New Japan fans, and then he will become Robin Williams at the end of Hook when he has to give one of the kids the leadership of the group. That's that's that, that he is he's Robin Williams in Hook. And TJP or Francisco Akira is that black kid that gets the, the gets the sword. Oh man, that's that's a good comparison. <laughs> that's crazy. Yo. Not only did you not only did you book the ass wang to get the win, but you went you went like ten steps further. I very much respect that. <laughs> I, I am committed to the to the bit. Absolutely, but. I am very excited for this show. We'll be doing the review on Monday. It'll be my J News, myself, Sanal will be here. But I want to thank Scott for joining us to talk about the big shakeups in stardom and TNA to give us your matches of the week and to give you our predictions for New Beginning. Scott, let the people know where they can follow you on social media. You can follow me at Scotty Wrestling on Twitter slash X if you want to hear more about the Rossi stuff I have. Covered it in every which way. You can check that out on the Five Star Joe Show. New episode just went out. So please listen to that. Awesome. Josh, thank you so much for joining me today. Let the people know where they can follow you. Uh, you can follow me, JMPunk321, Twitter and Instagram, and every Wednesday for um, Elite Heat. Indeed. And you can follow me on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3. Follow the gang Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at True Hill Heat. Patreon.com forward slash True Hill Heat. Gets you $3 a month. Gets you exclusive content. The True Hill Heat Prediction Championship. Plus much, much more. And go over to True Hill Heat Sports 
where we'll have a big announcement coming up this week for the future of that channel. And check out all the great content we got on the channel right now, like our new beginning in Osaka preview from yesterday. Go over and check that out for sure before tomorrow's show. Want to thank Scott so much. Want to thank Josh. Want to thank Top Guy JJ, our producer, Baby Seb, and all of you for joining us live. Remember to drop that thumbs up on the video. Share the video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family. And join us live here next week on the True Hill Heat Flagship Podcast. This has been True Hill Heat 263 Long Game Pivot. We are signing off until next time.